The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Welcome. It is Pat Gray Unleashed. Another eventful day already. I, I don't understand how it's possible that nobody at the White House says, Mr. President, um, let us check your tweets before you push send, please. Mr. President, stop tweeting. Mr. President, uh, this is really causing a <clears throat> major distraction like almost every day in your presidency. Maybe this isn't the best idea. <laughs> but no, he just keeps tweeting. And today was about, of course, Omarosa, uh, where he, uh, he called her a dog. He said, when you give a crazed, crying lowlife a break and give her a job at the White House, I guess it just didn't work out. Why would you have expected it to if that's what she was? Then he continues, good work by General Kelly for quickly firing that dog. <laughs> so obviously, oh, the humanity over at CNN. Uh, I was watching a report when, when it broke from, I don't know, one of the hosts, uh, one of the no-name hosts that nobody knows who they are. Anyway, she was standing near a screen talking about, he called a woman a dog. A dog! Can you imagine? A, a dog! I mean, over and over and over and over. So, uh, she was she was quite upset by it. Um, hmm. And apparently, he only calls black women dogs. Really? Except for no. Oh. No. But that's the, that's the narrative, of course. Oh, that's so racist. He only calls black women dogs. He only calls black people stupid. Well, we disproved that, too. He calls... He called dozens and dozens of white people stupid, including Glenn Beck. Um, he has uh, tweeted in the past at least 11 times that we've found in this context. I mean, he's used the word dog before, like 30 sometimes. Yeah. But when he's calling somebody that name, it's a it's 11 times other than uh, black women. Are you sure? Yeah. All right. Let's, let's do Pretty sure. Okay. Uh, let's start with... Uh, Donald Trump, uh, when okay, that's the that's one from today. Here's Michael Wolf and Steve Bannon have been dumped like a dog. Okay, uh, Mitt Romney had his chance to beat a failed president, but he choked like a dog. Okay, uh, little Mac Miller. Yeah, who's that? I don't know. Hmm. I'm going to teach you a big boy lesson about lawsuits and finance. You ungrateful dog. I assume that's a white guy. Um, certainly not a black woman. Yep. To David Gregory. Got thrown off TV by NBC. Fired like a dog. Okay. O'Reilly Factor. Sometimes you have to turn around and uh, and bite the dog that bit you. Of course, that's not the same context, really. Okay. Um, there's also uh, Lord Sugar. Are you familiar with Lord Sugar? I'm not familiar with anything. Lord Sugar can't get himself arrested, but at least he's making me money. Keep begging, Sugar, you dog. Okay. Uh, (laughs) 
Uh, Sugar is a white guy. So we're up to uh, six to one. Bill Maher. Okay. uh, Bill Maher clip when he got fired from ABC. In fact, fired like a dog. Fired like a dog. What is that phrase, fired like a dog? He he loves it, whatever it is. Whatever it means to him, he absolutely loves it. Because he uses it all the time. On white guys. Uh, then he says, why is it necessary to comment uh, on, why is it necessary to comment on Ariana Huff- Huffington's looks? Because she's a dog who wrongfully comments okay. on me. All right. So, so Amorosa <laughs> and uh, Ariana Huffington. So okay. Yes. Yeah, so a woman, oh, whoops, but that's sorry. a white woman. Yeah, sorry, it's a white woman. So we got whites, uh, eight, blacks, one. Okay. Uh, Obama called Reverend Wright his friend, counselor, and great leader, then dumped him like a dog. Uh, and then there is, uh, Eric Erickson. Okay. Got fired like a dog from Red State. (laughs) Fired like a dog. So we got nine whites. I think they're all men. Uh, right? Yes. Well, let's see. Nine whites. No, Obama's, Obama's black, obviously. Okay. Uh, And so is Reverend Wright in that context of dumped him like a dog. Yeah. He doesn't just call black women dogs. Yeah, it's nine to two okay. whites. It's it's not even close. It's it's more white people. He, he's an equal opportunity offender. <laughs> he doesn't care what your race is when he's calling you a dog or when he's calling you stupid. It's just that I, I wish he'd stop doing it because then that's the huge distraction and, and it tends to blow up and be a thing when we should be focused on something else. Um, but how many times did he say... Uh, like Chuck Schumer was in my office begging for money like a dog. Mm. Uh, several politicians, I think, including Marco Rubio, were in my office looking for money, begging me like a dog. Remember all those yeah. during the campaign? He did that all the time. It's one of his favorite terms. It's one of his favorite phrases. But the media, uh, they're just they're unreasonable on this. They're they're unhinged on this. I mean, Omarosa's new book is called Unhinged, as if the Obama White House is unhinged. I think the media is more unhinged than I've ever seen in my lifetime. Totally. It is. It's ridiculous how unhinged they are. I mean, they, they went nuts over 24 Nazis. 24 stupid white guys that got out and did the anniversary of Charlottesville. I mean, how stupid is that? How ridiculous is that? Well, it's so ridiculous. Only 24 people showed up and they make they make that out to be one of the worst things that's ever happened in the history of the of the planet. Meanwhile, hundreds of Antifa, anti-American idiots are going up and down the streets uh chanting violent phrases. And uh this no border, no wall, no USA at all. No border, no wall, no USA at all. Okay, these are patriots. These are just regular Americans. These are people you support, media. No border, no wall, no USA at all. Do you agree with that chant? <laughs> they also had banners uh, talking about the fact that they need bullets to bash the fash fascists the white people the i guess the trump people they need to shoot them but they're the good guys right according to chris cuomo we'll play that for you a little later on 
according to Chris Cuomo. Yeah, they're the good guys. And the bigotry far outweighs anything they do with the violence and the rhetoric. I, I, I Wow. This tiny little fraction is all they have to hang on to. These little idiotic uh, neo-Nazis that nobody pays any attention to. They're denounced all the time. Uh, nobody wants anything to do with them on the right. And they're not right-wing people. They're big government people. They're Nazis. National socialists. Come on. I mean, it's absurd. I don't even... How is it possible that we have to put up with this all the time? Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. I think we do have the uh, the Chris Cuomo saying that uh, those who use punches to fight hate, get this, are better than bigots who use violence. Wait, okay, so those who use punches to fight hate. So I guess he decides what the good cause is and what the good cause isn't, where the violence is appropriate. And where the violence isn't appropriate. Um, let's see if we can figure out his uh, lunacy here. Chris you attack Cuomo. cops, you slap the media, you are in the wrong, period. But I argue to you tonight, but, all punches hmm. are not equal morally. In the eyes of the law, yes. But in the eyes of good and evil, here's the argument. If you're a hmm. punk who comes to start trouble in a mask and hurt people... You're not about any virtuous cause. You're just somebody who's going to be held to the standard of doing something wrong. But when someone comes to call out bigots and it gets hot, even physical, are they equally wrong as the bigot they are fighting? I argue no. Fighting against hate matters. Now, how you fight matters, too. There's no question about that. But drawing a moral equivalency between those espousing hate and those fighting it because they both resort to violence emboldens hate, legitimizes hateful belief, and elevates what should be stamped out. Are people who go to war against an evil regime on the same moral ground as those they seek to stop from oppressing the weak? First of all, his premise, completely flawed. He's, he's acting as if he has set up the premise that Antifa is there to fight hate? Antifa is hate itself. They hate the country. They hate white people. They hate Donald Trump. They hate the administration. They hate all Republicans. They hate capitalism. They hate this nation. They are hate personified. Get on your high horse and set up these false premises. Oh, if you're fighting hate, well, then that's that's, that's okay. Oh, my gosh. I mean, how did this guy get a job? Seriously, how did he get a job? That is lunacy. We should try to get that guy. He'll never come on. We tried to get him on Pat and Stu at one point, and uh, he wouldn't. He was too afraid. None of these people have the courage of their conviction to come on a show with an opposing point of view because they know they'll lose. They're just going to lose. You can't shop that kind of crap when somebody is calling you on it. He could sit there and do a monologue with his uh, with his crew, and nobody ever challenges him because it's in his studio, and there's nobody there to challenge him. Yeah, come on a show and defend that nonsense with your false premise that Antifa is fighting hate. Antifa is hate personified. 
Uh, let me tell you about a great product and uh, this half-hour sponsor, Field of Greens from Brickhouse Nutrition. This is a great way to get vegetables in your diet. If you don't like them, you know, things like uh, kale, the kale chips. Ugh. They remove the kale leaves from the stems. Doesn't that sound delicious? Mmm. Mmm. And then they, then they tear them into bite-sized pieces. Yeah. Oh. Mmm. And then bake them. Kale chips. Do you want to order some? Mm-mm. Nope. That just sounds so nope. not interesting. What I'm going to do instead is take my field of greens, get a scoop of that, and put it into uh, the smoothie that I make. Good plan. And uh, it sweetens the drink, and it gives me a full serving of organic fruits and vegetables, including kale. And then I don't have to taste the kale at all. Prebiotic, probiotic, boost your immune system, antioxidant power. It's just a really... It's just really good for you. So take one scoop, put it in eight ounces of water, your favorite drink. It's really easy. It tastes great. And you're going to be healthier in the long run. Go to BrickHousePat.com. Try Field of Greens today. You'll get 10% off a month supply when you use the offer code PAT. BrickHousePat.com. Pat Gray Unleashed returns after this on the Blaze Radio Network. Gray is here. 888-900-3393. Uh, it didn't stop with the um, no border, no wall, no USA at all chant from the Antifa goofballs. No border, no wall, no USA at all. That's a patriotic chant well, at right least there. rhyming again. Man, and, and just so, 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 so patriotic. Uh, they have also threatened to kill. President Trump, um, Benny Johnson with the Daily Caller asked Antifa protesters in D.C. what they would do if Trump showed up. Here's what they said. We are asking people what they would do if President Trump were to show up at this march. Some of the answers have been pretty stunning. Uh, here they are. What would you do if Donald Trump showed up at the front? Murder him? You got to take him down. If it came down to it and it was a group effort, we'd have to do him like Gaddafi. Like Gaddafi? Yeah. I would just, I'd smack him. Smack him? Yes. I will smack the out of him, son. Mm, mm, okay. Uh, Secret Service interested in that at all, I wonder? I'm paying those masked protesters a visit. No, but see, that that's love. Anybody who shows up to fight hate is uh, is okay in Chris Cuomo's book. Those guys are all about love. Oh, yeah, and I love all the second the guy. Love. Uh, it speaks volumes. Oh, if it was a group effort... Oh, what, you can't handle anything on your own? It's got to be you and your little uh, sheep? Mm, of course they're cowards. Uh-huh. Of course they're despicable cowards. 888 A company that created a successful Kickstarter campaign to make Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg action figures says they're, uh, they're planning to ship the products. This is really good news. Okay. Just in time for Christmas gift giving. They're coming out in October. Uh, you can have this in your home to your children by Christmas. The Ruth Bader Ginsburg action figure. Yes! Finally. Oh, Finally. Yes. A toy that is going to delight 
young and old. Look at that. Rich and poor. I mean, that's... Look at that. That's, a lot of action in that figure. You kidding me? Hmm. Uh, factory, F-C-T-R-Y, F-T-R-Y. I don't know. A product incubator based in uh, Brooklyn, New York. Initially hoped to raise $15,000 to create the notorious RBG superhero, but instead... So they're looking for 15000 Okay. They actually raised over $613,000 in a Kickstarter campaign. Wow. Are you kidding me? For, for a Ruth Bader Ginsburg action oh, figure? Well, the of demand. Course. I mean, demand. I'm, I, what I'm saying is I'm surprised it's not 10 <sighs> times that amount. Oh, I okay. Now I see where you're going. Or maybe 100 times that amount. Zoe Cronin, the company's marketing coordinator, said it was shocking that the funding campaign reached its initial goal in less than an hour. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the $15,000 is really the base level of what we need to begin production. We actually hit that in under an hour, starting the project, which is kind of shocking. Well, I mean, it's Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She's a superhero, and we, That's right. we know that. Mm-hmm. Um, RBG is on demand right now on your, uh, uh, on your cable playlist, if you, mm. if you have the on-demand section. I think they're all, they all pretty much have that, right? So you can get RBG right now, but then the, the new movie comes out, um, I think at Christmas time? Christmas Day. I mean, it's like a gift. Oh, man, it's another. It, she is the gift that keeps on giving. So, but we do have to wait until Christmas Day. Dang it. So what if you wake up on, on Christmas, Christmas morning, morning and get your... Uh, you get your Ruth, Ruth Bader, Bader Ginsburg, Ginsburg action figures. Action figure. And then there's another box right next to it mm-hmm. with tickets, tickets to the movie. Yep. Where, of course, you know what happens there. Oh, no. She puts the smack down on a Supreme Court justice. Hmm. He gets all up in her face, yeah, uh, talking about the fact that the word "woman," which is so despicable to him, he hates the word. Mm-hmm. He almost vomits it out of his mouth. I hear it too. It's yeah, like, you hear it. You, you hear, the hear the for the women. throw up getting caught in his mouth. He doesn't like women. So the Supreme Court justice did not like women, and she puts him right in his place. The word woman does not appear even once in the U.S. Constitution. Wow. Nor does the word freedom. Your Your Honor. Honor. Oh! Yeah! Ooh! Nailed him! Nailed him. Wow. Nor does the word freedom. Your Honor. That is... That's high drama. Is that powerful? Yeah, I, I like the little Phantom of the Opera sting huh. with that because yeah. it just adds that certain je ne sais quoi. Accentuates the point. It does. That this guy was it put does. in his place. <laughs> the with, smackdown was complete. With a lie. Yes, with a lie. Of course, the word freedom <laughs> does appear in the uh, U.S. Constitution. But man, it would have been powerful if it didn't, yeah. wouldn't it? She would have had a really good point there. <laughs> would have been a better lie. <laughs> it would have been really powerful. <laughs> The word woman, woman does not appear even once in the U.S. Constitution. Yeah. Nor does the word freedom. Your Honor. Booyah! Booyah! Man, does she smack him down. And that's where the action figure comes in. Yeah. Superhero. That's true. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, right there. Is there a button on the back of... Uh, Ginsburg there. You can push in the Phantom <laughs> of the Opera. And it says that? I yeah, wish. Yeah, it says that and the Phantom of the Opera drop. 
See, they should have gotten in touch with us before they started uh, mass producing this. Seriously. And we could have made some suggestions that would have helped this. That'll be in the second edition. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. We could, so yes. These are going to be worth more because they don't have the sound effect. And they obviously, edition. they raised a lot of money. So maybe they can do another printing and, and we can help them out mm-hmm. in, with that one. And it's not even that hard. Uh, you're a Supreme Court justice. Do you mm-hmm. not know the First Amendment? I mean, that's where freedom is. That's where the word freedom is, Ruth. Uh, whatever i'm sorry it just hurts it hurts it does hurt uh because i mean she makes such a powerful point Mm -hmm. then you find out no she really didn't it's not true so so and i mean i still want to know and i've never found out yet if the if there was a supreme court justice that actually did say that to her i mean that sounds so ridiculous a Supreme Court justice leans into the face of this young woman who is standing before the Supreme Court uh, looking for women's rights and tells her the word woman doesn't appear in the U.S. Constitution even once. <laughs> <laughs> really? Is there somebody that sinister on the court or was there, you know, 60 years ago? We got to find that out. Triple eight nine hundred. 3393. Also, Homo erectus. Hmm. Homo erectus uh, may have gone extinct because they were lazy, according to new research. Oh, wow. Yeah. Scientists believe the least effort strategies employed to build tools and collect resources may have contributed to the downfall of the primitive human species. Unlike other hominids, the tools created by Homo erectus were. Comparatively low quality and were built using low quality materials found nearby. This is in sharp contrast to stone tools made by other hominid species, Mm. including Homo sapiens, early Homo sapiens, and Neanderthals who climbed mountains to find good quality stone Mm. and transported it over huge distances. Wow, but not Homo erectus. Nope. He He didn't go up those mountains for stuff. He was like a couch potato. Huh. If they'd had couches at the time. Like he was a, like a rock potato. An ancient rock potato? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. This laziness paired with an inability to adapt to a changing climate. Oh, stop. Wait. What? Oh, wait. Hold on. Wait a minute. That can't be in the story. Wait, what? Did you scribble that in the margin? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> How did the climate change? Oh. Wait, what? This laziness paired with an inability to adapt to a changing climate likely resulted in the species going extinct. Huh. Well, wait a minute. Right. Well, under Homo erectus, the climate changed? I mean, look, there were some Were factors. they so lazy because they had yeah. they had uh, invented SUVs? Yes. Is that what it was? And they were just driving around. They were the everywhere. first ones to, to drive SUVs mm-hmm. around, and that made them lazy because they didn't have to walk anywhere. Maybe that, I mean, that had to be it, right? Because then all the belching CO2 into the atmosphere then killed them off. I don't know that there's another answer. Hmm. There can't be. There can't be another answer. They they also must have had airplanes Mm -hmm. and uh, 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 huge cities. Yeah. And so. It's weird. Maybe hmm. that was like the lost city of Atlantis. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Huh. Because if the climate changed back then, I just, I don't even understand. What changed it? Hmm. Anyway, Homo erectus was too lazy to live. Uh, other than, of course. Yeah, there's one left. There's one sole survivor. <laughs> Jeffy. Jeffy is the sole surviving uh, 
lazy Homo erectus. So last uh, of the Homo erectus. Yeah. Nobody knows how that guy's still alive. Oh, no that, one knows. What's a plural of Homo erectus? Homo erecti? Erecti. Mm-hmm. So he's the last of the Homo erecti. Mm-hmm. Jeffy. <laughs> or is it the Homo erectuses? I don't know, but it's fun to say. Uh, first thought to have evolved around 1.9 million years ago in Africa, Homo erectus was the first early hominid to become a true global traveler. They're known to have migrated from Africa into Eurasia, spreading as far as Georgia, Sri Lanka, China, and Indonesia. However, they ultimate, ultimately went extinct about 140,000 years ago. Yeah, one other made than, it, of course. Yeah, one made it to Irving, Texas. Right. Jeffy. So... And gosh, we're lucky to have him, aren't sure we? Sure are. Yeah. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. More Packer Unleashed coming up. Pat Gray, the Blaze Radio Network. returns on the blaze radio network the word woman does not appear even once in the u.s constitution uh-huh. nor what? does the word freedom <gasps> your, your honor. honor oh so powerful i can't wait for the movie i can't wait for the action figure and the action figure. Yeah, that's going to be great. The I'm kids, gonna, can you imagine yeah. the delight on their faces Christmas morning? Yep. When there's a Ruth Bader Ginsburg action figure under the tree for him. In fact, mm. if my kids are listening, <laughs> that's what daddy wants for Christmas. And I'm being completely serious. I want a Ruth Bader Ginsburg action figure. Action figure. And then I'm going to take mm. said action figure to the theater that afternoon. Oh, yeah, when you Christmas, see the movie. Christmas Day. Yeah, because you want to be the first in line to see that. And cuddle with it mm-hmm. during the movie. People would be so jealous of you with your Ruth Bader Ginsburg action figure in the movie theater. Yep. Oh, man. And I might act out scenes like on the armrest, uh-huh. so no one's allowed to sit next to me. I know it's going to be crowded. It's going to be elbow to elbow right in this theater, but mm-hmm. I want both armrests because mm-hmm. I want to take my little Ruth Bader Ginsburg action figure, run out the scenes, you know, jump over to the other one. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Awesome. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for Christmas. Be like the, best the superhero Christmas ever. she is. Yes, man. Yes, sir. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Uh saw ELO last night. Oh, the band. Yes. Nice little concert action. Uh yeah. Uh I go to scant few uh concerts anymore because basically I'm old. Mm. And uh I know the feeling. Yeah. So I'm looking around at the audience that was gathered there at the uh American Airlines Center. Which, by the way, for a band that formed 48 years ago, pretty amazing that they sell out the American Airlines Center. No kidding. 18,000 people or whatever. Of course, I think they sold out Wembley uh, in London for a couple of shows, too. And what is that seat? 90,000? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, they're just one of the greatest bands of all time. And uh, I'm looking around at the people that were gathered there, and I thought, why are all these old people here? Oh, no. And then it hit me, um, you're the same age as, as they are. You look just like them. And so, uh, you know, it was it was quite a, a revelation. Yeah, I don't me. like moments like I that. I hate moments and like I that. And I have them more like, and more. Good gosh. 
it's, it's just interesting because everybody's dancing and carrying on like they're 18 years old. And, you know, they're in their 50s and 60s, most of the crowd, nobody, probably. Nobody blew a hip last night, right? No, I, I would not guarantee that. Okay. <laughs> I would. In fact, I take bets that somebody probably did. Oh, no. A knee, a hip. Yep. Maybe a hip and a knee. Mm-hmm. Of course, I have no room to talk, mm-hmm. says the guy. Who's had surgery on every joint in your body that's, lately. That's good. Um, but Jeff Lynn was the only, he's the only original member really? of ELO Left. Yeah. Yeah. The, he oh. compiled a whole new orchestra. They're fantastic. Fantastic. Huh. Um, and he sounds almost like he did in the 70s. He sounds that, he's he really sounds great. Wow. Um, and it was it was just a tremendous show. It was probably one of the best. Not probably. It was one of the best concerts I've ever been to. Hmm. Um, Does it sound good in American yeah, Airlines? Yeah, it was. I mean, it was okay. Yeah. It, it's not great acoustics, but it was okay. Where were your seats? It was super loud. We were on the floor. Okay. I mean, you know, these were Glenn Beck obtained seats, so they were really mm. good. Did you put earplugs in? No. Okay. So you're not that old. No, I'm yet. not. No, good golly. I mean. If I would put earplugs, stay home if you're going to put earplugs in. Stay home. <laughs> Why are you going to listen <laughs> you know? to music, man? I mean, we're, gonna, we're, we're going to Journey and Def Leppard in two weeks. Oh, wow. Uh, so I'm thinking, you know, stay home. If you don't want loud music, uh, don't go to that concert. And it was the same with ELO last night. Um, the only thing, I, I just, I would have rather seen them play Strange Magic, which they didn't do all night. I would have rather have them play that than a couple of the crappy songs from the Xanadu soundtrack like they did uh, All Over the World and Xanadu how do you do those two songs and not Strange Magic how do you, how do, you do that but otherwise uh, it, was a, it was a fantastic show and I highly recommend if you get a chance to see Jeff Lynn's ELO uh, do it because it's, it's totally worth it yeah let's see they're, um, they're in Detroit Michigan tonight by the way Tonight? Yeah. Wow. Uh, I'm sorry, tomorrow night. Sorry. The 16th, okay. Thursday, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, boy, I don't know my days of the week. Well, it's the 14th Let's right now. Let's try this again. On Thursday night, they're in mm-hmm. Detroit. Okay, there you uh, go. Saturday, Toronto, uh, then uh, Tuesday next week, New York, then uh, Philly. So, uh, Where yeah. are they playing in New York, does it say? It is. Is it Madison Square Garden? Well, I just clicked on Yeah. Yeah. Wow. wow. See? I mean, that's, <laughs> that's pretty good. Huh. Yeah, and then Philly. Yeah, so that's it. That's, that's what's left in the tour. There you go. Detroit, Toronto, New York, Philly. So what, uh, at Triple Eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three? What is the what is the best concert you've ever seen? And what made it that way? I think up until last night, I would have to say, for me, I think I've always considered the um, Styx Paradise Theater tour uh, in 1981 the best concert I'd ever seen. It was Styx and Night Ranger. And it was, it was really good. And uh, it was a... Tremendous concert. And then a couple of years ago, we went and saw Dennis DeYoung, who was then 68 years old. And he sounded exactly the same as he did back in his heyday. Hmm. Uh, you're probably not a big Sticks fan. No, nah, I mean, I, I like hmm? a couple of their stuff. But but are we talking just arena concerts or can we talk small venue? What, what is there? A just the best concert. You two is excellent. Oh, just, you've seen him? Yes, they're very Where'd good. Where'd you see him? Uh, Mile High Stadium, May 1st, 1997. It was very cold outdoors there in Denver, Colorado. Uh, and so that's the only place mm. I got to see him. Uh, but I'm telling you, man, I know you're going to laugh. 
The Connells and Better Than Ezra give great uh, concerts as well. How did I know those three venues. would be the ones you'd mention? Because How did those I are know the three it? greatest bands of all time, so obviously uh, they would also give yeah. great concerts. Yeah, of course, sure. Mm-hmm. And right. they'll be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm sorry, that's all I had left there to say. Before four. Now. Yes. Mm-hmm. Sorry. You didn't even finish it. I went low. I'm sorry about that one. It wasn't nice. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Uh with your favorite uh ever. If you'd like to share it with us. Um just when you thought Vermont couldn't get any goofier. And you know, what do we have? Bernie Sanders from Vermont, um, Dean, uh, uh, Howard Dean, isn't he from Vermont? Yeah, he was the yeah, governor up there. Yep. Mm-hmm. And now we've got a 14-year-old progressive who made the ballot and is running for, is a candidate for the governorship, the gubernatorial candidate. He's 14 years old, and he could be Vermont's next governor. One of the four Democrats seeking the party uh, nomination isn't even old enough to vote, let alone drive. Ethan Sonneborn uh, met the requirements, though, to be on the primary ballot, and he's he's taken his place with the uh, state's older guys and women, if there are some. Uh, and he said, I think Vermonters should take me seriously because I have practical, progressive ideas, and I happen to be 14, not the other way around. <clears throat> Sounds pretty mature for a 14-year-old, mm, though. Sounds like it. I think that my message and my platform transcend age. <laughs> the Vermont Constitution doesn't have any age requirement for people seeking the state's highest office beyond having lived in the state for four years before the election. That's all you need to do, and he has. Uh, that apparent oversight by the state's founders more than 225 years ago was enough to encourage the politically precocious teen to collect the signatures needed to place him on the primary ballot. Uh, Would it surprise anybody if a 14-year-old was elected in this crappy state in Vermont? (laughs) I don't know. They are so ridiculous there. Absolutely nothing surprises me anymore, period. So, yes, go for it, man. Because every time we think we have gone as ludicrous as we can get, uh, something even more ludicrous happens. So it w- it it honestly wouldn't surprise me. Uh-uh. So he's raised, uh, his July finance report shows that Ethan has raised just over $1,700. <laughs> so, you know, he's not buying a lot of TV ads. <laughs> Yet. Although he says even if he doesn't have much money, he's been on the stage with Vermont's other Democratic candidates. Uh, it might be a stretch to call the other candidates traditional politicians. Former utility executive Christine Hallquist says her experience and ideas make her the best choice mm. as Vermont's next governor. Yeah, but how old is she? Um, it doesn't say, but she is the nation. She would become the nation's first transgender governor. Huh. Okay, so so they got a fourteen-year-old, fourteen, and they have a transgender. Okay. Um, then. Last uh, January, two Vermont lawmakers introduced a bill that would require candidates to be registered voters. The proposal went nowhere, so uh, this 14-year-old kid wasn't stopped from from running. I see. Uh, One of them says, I think you should at least be able to get your driver's license at the time you become governor. Yeah. Sonnenborn, though, thinks he'll do uh, do better in the primary than people are expecting, and he measures his campaign success another way, too. 
I think if I can get one person who wasn't involved in the political process mm. before now involved, then my campaign will have been a success. Okay. It doesn't talk like a 14-year-old, does he? You know, um, whatever. I, I mean, mean, it's over. Who do you root for between the 14-year-old mm. and the, the transgender candidate? I don't know. It's a tough one. I think I'm writing a cartoon character in at that point. <laughs> I mean, whatever. It's... I'm just going to let the Democrats work that out, and then I'm voting for the Republican <laughs> there you uh, come okay. November. Jeez. Oh, uh, it's it's it, another interesting battle has shaped up in Minnesota. We talked about this a little bit yesterday with Keith Ellison. Um, but these are two social justice warriors doing battle on Twitter in a social justice universe, uh, threatening each other with uh, social justice repercussions. It's pretty interesting to watch. Um, the the girlfriend is trying to defend her son. It was the son who accused uh, Keith Ellison of abuse of his mom. And so now she's being attacked. The kid is being attacked because that's what leftists do. And so she tweeted out, I know who I am. I know what I was going to go through. We aren't anywhere in society where I wasn't getting going to get smeared. As an Iranian, as a woman of color who is an immigrant... Do you honestly think I'm going to get validation from a society who's been telling me since I was young that I don't have a voice? Now, I don't know if she's talking about Iran or the United States with that comment. Um, But she continued, many folks in the progressive community turned a blind eye and were willing to protect the person who inflicted narcissist abuse on me. Does my life matter? Does justice really matter? Or is it only if you're impacted in some way? Justice is justice, she writes. It's a value. The narcissist I was with threatened me if I ever shared the emotional and physical abuse that was done by him. Something told me to protect myself and I began to video his rage and the physical abuse. She also wrote, and I said to the people who are attacking her now, And uh, Keith Ellison is attacking her now, talking about his, hey, you're going to ruin my career. She said, I'm not the one who did this. You didn't think of your career. You didn't think of your constituents when you did this. I told him he deserved the time to do what you needed to do to get the help you needed. Find some way to have restorative justice. (laughs) He looked at me and said, I don't have time to do that. So we've got this battle of social justice warriors talking about restorative justice in the midst of all of this abuse talk, and she's getting attacked and threatened by his constituents and his uh, his people. And I think isn't today the primary election for yeah. his? He's he's running right now for uh, I think Minnesota Attorney General. Yes. So that'll be interesting to see what kind of impact uh, all of this talk has on his campaign, if any. 888 uh, Wayne, the founder of Bombshot Lip Balm. We've told you about him many times. He is a guy who got his lips, especially his lower lips, sunburned all the time because the lip balm he was using just didn't protect his lips. And he kept trying different products, hoping for different results, couldn't get them, got so bad that he got cancer on his lower lip, eventually had to have it removed and replaced. That's how 
serious it was. So frustrated with that, after he had his lip replaced, he didn't want to do it again. And so he invented his own product, Bomb Shot Lip Balm. It's great lip balm. It's in this really cool container. Looks like a shotgun shell. It won't wind up a, a gooey mess in your pocket at the end of the day. And it really works. It's in about 3,000 stores nationwide, but they've got a special offer for Blaze listeners only. Go to bombshot.com, use the promo code PAT, and when you buy a two-pack, you'll get a third for free. If you buy the four-pack, you'll get a fifth for free. When you buy a six-pack, they throw in that really cool baseball cap. So buy six, get a free hat, and with all of it, they throw in free shipping. Bombshot.com, promo code PAT, B-A-L-M-S-H-O-T.com, bombshot.com. Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray Unleashed. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three, and a pat unleashed. Uh, because of the greatness of the ELO show last night, we're talking about uh, the best performances you've ever seen, best concert maybe you've ever attended. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three, and at Pat Unleashed on the Twitterverse uh, from Lord Dragons. I guess. Okay. Is that supposed to be a, an F there, Lord of Dragons? No, that's Lord the handle. O- Lord of Dragons. Lord of Dragons. 14-year-old as Vermont governor is all well and good, but the question he must answer, is their butt tongue? Where is grandma at? Where's grandma stay? Okay. But that's not what he said. That's yeah, not what he put. I got it. But it should be where your, where your grandma stay. Where your grandma stay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick in Detroit saying that Antifa is fighting against hate is like saying that Jeffy is fighting against <laughs> obesity. <laughs> G.D. <laughs> Chapel, the press never asked Trump, what's your favorite this? What's your favorite that? What's your favorite? And then one time, what's your favorite word? Like they did with Nancy Pelosi. Otherwise, they'd know dog is in his top 10 list. Uh, Saves 84, one of Trump's favorite terms is insert anything like a dog. There you go. Fired like a dog, begged like a dog. Yes. Does Trump suffer from butt tongue? That's it. That's the same copy. I don't know. I don't know. Ah, he does suffer from. Uh, he he just can't. He just can't not get involved in these kinds of Twitter wars. He can't. He can't do it. For some reason, he he can't not respond now to uh, Amarosa because she is. She has. Attacked him, and he's got he's got to come back at her. Yeah, he, he lo- has to. He he does realize he is the president of the United States. He doesn't have to utilize mm-hmm. Twitter. Yeah, you don't to have make to make your points, or you to- don't have to say word one about her. You no. just let her go away. Yeah, and and I I think it's so funny to think back. One time, Obama apparently tweeted from church. Okay, I don't mm-hmm. know what the event was, but someone mentioned in passing. Can you believe it? Obama tweeted while he was in church. And that was a big deal for, to somebody. Man, just wish that's all Trump did was just just yeah. tweet once in a blue moon from someplace, and we'll be happy. If he just had a modicum of restraint, it would be nice. Just or as uh, Megan McCain said, an emoticon. emoticon. 
of restraint. <laughs> it would be nice. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Uh Lori D in Washington. Hi. You're on the blaze. Hey. Hey, Pat. I know I'm not sending anything today. I didn't okay. send a mistake yesterday. I'm not sending crinkles today. Yeah, we noticed there was <laughs> we noticed <laughs> there was no filet mignon yesterday. We did notice that. I know. But. I know. T- tomorrow is National Lemon Meringue Pie Day, and I know Jeffy would have a heart attack. So maybe something will show up tomorrow. I can't promise. <laughs> okay. Enough. All right. No, you're you're asking about the concerts. The and I'm so jealous of you, Pat. You get to see Def Leppard. That was my first stadium concert in 1988 at Milwaukee County Stadium. They were doing the hysteria tour yeah i was 11 11 years old and it was just oh my gosh mind completely blown and yeah oh it was and that's 11 year old girl should not be in, into Def leopard and i was totally into Def leopard and that's when they were at their zenith i mean that was they were oh my gosh yeah they were yeah, that was huge the corn jeans and the mullets and everything yeah, yeah it was great <laughs> yeah i'll bet oh, they were so great and i've never seen them oh, at, at their height or not and so i'm i'm pretty psyched because uh i love Def leopard Great band. Well, I, I need to prepare you, though. You do know that the drummer from Def Leppard only has one arm, right? I do know that, yes. The drummer from Def Leppard only has one arm. I, he I, knows I, what I'm talking about. There's a song. Okay. <laughs> what was this? A Thanks, Keith, Larry. Keith's arms are Appreciate always it. in pain joke. Uh, but yes, <laughs> I, I was aware of that as well. Yes. They actually, there's an interesting story about him uh, when he came back from that uh, car accident where he lost his arm. And the band was trying to figure out, all right, what do we do? I mean, here, because we love him and we don't want him to, you know, we don't want him, we don't want to kick him out of the band and we, we don't want to replace him. What are we going to do? And so he invited them over to the house months later, like a couple months after his recovery. He said, hey, you guys, I want to show you something. Uh, and they're like, oh, no, don't, don't start drumming because that, <laughs> that's just going to be too sad. Oh, don't, wow. don't do this. Don't do it. <laughs> He's like, no, just come in here. Just listen, okay? Just give me a shot. And none of them said anything, but they were like, oh, no, no. This is <laughs> going to be embarrassing How are we going to politely get out of this? Yeah. Well, he had taught himself how to drum with his feet and his one arm. And he, yeah. he taught himself so well that they all began to weep because he was actually playing better than when he had two arms. Wow. And so it you know, turned out to be a pretty cool thing. Rick, Although, Rick Allen, huh? I think he'd probably... Rather have both arms. Yeah. Yeah, Rick Allen. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that story. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Uh let's see. Lisa in Washington, you're on the blaze. Hi. Hi, Pat. Hey. My my band is uh Fleetwood Mac. Oh, wow. a few years here in Spokane. Okay. Wasn't a wasn't a Fleetwood Mac fan, just went to the concert because they were here in town mm-hmm. and was so impressed with them. Um Lindsay Buckingham played the whole time did not leave the stage. Wow! And so it was, was very impressive. Was Christine McVie and Stevie Nicks there? Both Stevie of them. Stevie Nicks was there, but Christine McVie was not. Oh, so I think it's the yeah. opposite now. I, it is. Yeah, <laughs> and Lindsey Buckingham is gone too. They replaced him. Right. Yeah. Right. So you got you saw him at a good time. Yes, I did. Yeah. So, and I've seen Journey and Def Leppard. Like him. Um, yes, they were both good. Journey um, with or nice. without Steve Perry? Uh, without. Without, yeah. yeah. It kind of made me sad. Yeah, it is kind of. So. Although that, is it the Filipino kid? Is it the Philippine guy? Right? It is. He's good. It's still, it's still not Steve Perry. Yeah, it's so. not the same. <laughs> but he does sound a lot like him. Uh, thanks a lot, Lisa. Um, we, it, Salt, they, they came to Salt Lake City when I worked there and uh, actually came in the studio and and uh, we had a chance to interview Steve Perry and Neil Sean and uh, 
and they were they were pretty decent guys. At, and that was probably at the height of their careers too. And then they had that falling out. Steve Perry got sick, and they left him behind, and just went start touring without him. And that created some hard feelings oh. that exist to this day. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Steve Perry's been pretty adamant. He will never get back together with Journey. 888 with uh, your favorite concert of all time and anything else that's on your mind. Pat Gray Unleashed. Pat Gray Unleashed. On the Blaze Radio Network. Hey, it's Pat, and thanks for listening to Pat Gray Unleashed. When you have some time, you should check out The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. I think you're going to really like it. You can find it wherever you download your favorite podcast. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three, and at Pat Unleashed on Twitter. Oh, uh, some important notes for you. Uh, Glenn and I went to uh, uh, ELO last night. Both of us thought it was maybe the best concert we've seen, uh, and so. We're talking about the greatest concert you've ever seen at 888-933-93. Also, uh, Peter Strzok is in a bad way. The FBI fired him, and so he started a GoFundMe page. And somebody did for him. Somebody yeah. started mm-hmm. it for him. I'm sure it wasn't anyone. Of course not him. I mean, that's yeah. silly. You don't start your own GoFundMe page and talk about how patriotic you are and your service to the country and all that. <laughs> so he's raised over th- like $300,000 in a day. So Glenn... Started a GoFundMe page so that he can go to the mall and buy us some stuff. Hmm? No, somebody <laughs> did it for him, too. Oh, I mean, somebody started it. What yes. are you talking about? So somebody started it for, mm-hmm. for him um, so that he could, uh, you know, give to the... To be a patriot. Right. Continue, and, and give to really good causes, mm. of course. And so that's what he's going to do. What is it up to now? Uh, so... Um, 292,000 for Peter Strzok, um, 7,918 for Glenn Beck. Okay, so we're, we're a little ways away for, from the goal, but the, the $1 billion goal. The goal is, is $1 billion. Mm-hmm. And, and with a billion dollars, he could do some damage at the mall. He could do, he could do some damage. Yeah, Mike. You know, yeah, that he could have at least, at least a couple of corn dogs, maybe a Coke on the side. Jeez, I, I bought a water last night at the uh, no. AAC. No. $425. No. $425. Really? You're going <laughs> to insult me and make me carry three quarters <laughs> away from this countertop? Come what on. did that... Seriously. Okay, you put water in a bottle mm-hmm. and then you screwed on the lid. That had to cost you a dime, maybe? Maybe. You just made $4.15 a bottle on that? That's pretty good profit margin. That's pretty good. Anyway, triple eight nine hundred. <sighs> I hate that. 33.93. It's so stupid that, you know, you go back, go back 30 years to the 80s or 40 years to the 70s. And you you think about the mentality of, wait, you're going to, you paid for water. Okay. You turn on the tap. It's free. Mm -hmm. What do you mean? You paid for water. And that's where I, I would have been for sure in those decades. And now I can't imagine drinking water out of a tap. 
I just won't. I won't do it. Yeah, <sighs> it grosses me out now. I've just been conditioned. Uh, Are you like that too? I like to get it from the fridge. You know, I like to get it from the fridge door. So I'm kind of in between. But I, <laughs> okay. do, I all do right, drink. but you don't do it from the tap, right? I do it in the bathroom. Oh, like I don't. Yeah, no, I do. No. It, yeah, I'm just that's no. Only the water I spit out when I brush my teeth. See, that's the only. I, that's the only water I'll I get from the problem, tap. I have a problem. I guess I take my pills. You know, because I'm old. Take your and pills. I, and then I take that. Yeah. I gotta take my pills. That's right. <laughs> But, you uh, have one of those handy little uh, strips that each day has the little uh, individual pills that you take for that day, and then you know you've taken them I all. I cannot believe and I'm about you... to say this on the air, Pat. You do, don't you? Uh, it's worse than that. Uh-huh. I'm a, I'm what you might call a planner. Uh-huh. So, and so, I've got get a month worth? Two. Two months worth. Two months worth. There's okay. this one day where I just lay it all out and get it all done. I I to think Man. about it for two months. <clears throat> you just have to admire, admire Carrie for putting it up, putting up with all of it. I mean, oh, seriously, you don't know that half of it, man. Have to admire her. Yeah. By the way, can we? Uh, can I deflect uh, the attention from uh, from my pill boxes to <laughs> to the cost of water at arenas? Yeah. Um. And on May first, nineteen ninety seven, when Carrie and I went to see you two at Mile High Stadium, mm-hmm. um, uh, the tickets for the eighth row were. Fifty-five dollars each. And that's and today. What year was that? That was 1997. Nin- Ninety-seven. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like today, I you couldn't what nosebleeds? Maybe you get fifty-five bucks. Oh, I don't know. Like I know, I know you had the special Glenn Beck Maybe. down on the floor yeah. seats where you can catch the sweat from the lead singer mm-hmm. type deal. Mm-hmm. But uh, seriously, that that's what has gotten absolutely out of control. Are the prices of seats at these concerts? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, but that's where the artists make their money now because. They're, the the money doesn't come from selling their music anymore. It's just too, it's too cheap on Spotify. You can get it for free, virtually, right? Is Spotify? Yeah. You can listen to as many songs as you want for free. Well, okay. What about the artist? And then even if you pay for it on iTunes, let's say, and download it for a dollar twenty nine, still they're just they're not making any money from that anymore. So. That's where they get their money is on the con- is on concert tours. So, so here, here's someone that you could identify with. Okay, um, you two. I don't have American dates right now to look up. Right now, um, well, see, this is Seat Geek, so this is a resell. But Ed Sheeran uh, concert tickets um, in San Francisco, five hundred twenty-five bucks. Where Karen mm. and I saw you two, uh, you know, comparable seating. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just uh, that is ridiculous. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. But again, yeah, that's the secondary market. You're yeah. going to get dinged on that. I'm going to find Ticketmaster and get back to you. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Uh Brent in Idaho. You're on the blaze. Hi. Good morning, guys. Hey. Um, yeah, I was uh, curious. Uh, Keith, uh, I saw you two uh, two days after you did. Was Bono's voice uh, fine when you saw him? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What happened? Oh, uh, uh, he, he had no no voice at all that night. There oh, were maybe man. Two, two songs that he did okay on. The oh. band sounded great, so that was good. But uh, That's yeah, a bummer. His voice, was, his voice was shot, and I did not like uh, Rage Against the Machine, which oh. was the opening act. Oh, Brent. Um, oh, Brent. Brent. Rage Against the Machine opened for U2 in Denver, and all of these guys were jumping around us, you know, and I'm just sitting there just trying to stay warm. I should have been jumping up and down as well, but that Rage Against the Machine singer, man, he just stared a hole through my head during an entire song. Just like, why are you the only guy not standing up and jumping around right now? It was very awkward. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. yeah. Th- those guys uh, are, uh, they're, they're, they're angry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're anti-societal and angry. So mm-hmm. that's, yeah, it's really a good combination. Are you, are you there? Right. Uh, yeah. 5250. And uh, when I saw Journey in 1986, uh, that was uh, $15. Wow. Wow. So 52.50 to see you too, you said? Uh, yeah, in 97. Yeah. And 11 years earlier, you saw Journey for 15 bucks. Uh, 11 years out. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. Wow. But uh, I think the best concert I've been to, the Journey one was really good, and the outfield opened for them. But I think the best concert I saw was in... Uh, August 2001, um, Eric Clapton and uh, mm. Billy Preston was with him on on keyboards. Wow! Uh, it was it was just tremendous. I was afraid Clapton was going to do Layla, the unplugged version, which I hate. No, he he tore into those opening notes, just like okay, yeah, this this is the one I want to hear. Oh, he did the actual <laughs> Layla. Oh yeah, yeah. I oh, yeah. yeah, that's oh yeah, he that's was great. So, so good. That's great. Appreciate it. Thanks, Brent. Uh, that's such a great song, and I, I hated the I hated the second version too with the acoustic thing. It just because the first one is so classic and so good, one of the great rock songs of all time, and one of the great rock stories of all time, where he's singing about falling in love with his best friend's wife <laughs> and George Harrison's wife, and then they eventually divorced, and he then married her, and uh, and George was pretty well fine with it. They stayed best friends even through all that stuff. Wow. And then he divorced her again because, uh, you know, that's what happens in, in the rock life. Huh. Yeah, nobody stays married, it seems. That's sad. Yeah. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. But some of the greatest songs of all time. Layla were written about her. Uh, Layla was written about her. Wonderful Tonight was written about her. And uh, mm, what was the other one? I don't remember. But there's two of them. Maybe something about the big brass bed. No, that wasn't Eric. No, that's Dylan. You're talking about Bob Dylan. Lay Lady Lay. Yeah, Lay Lady. Oh, when you said Layla, I was thinking of Lay Lady Lay. Sorry. But, you know, that MTV um, really turned that into an industry, the unplugged stuff. Yeah. And there were actually some really good things that came out of that. I thought, like, the 10,000 Maniacs, that was excellent. Um, But uh, for the most part, I'm with you. Strangely, though, there were about 9,994 maniacs short of 10,000, which was really strange to me. I didn't fully understand. I was wondering, how how'd they get them all on the stage? <laughs> yeah. They, but then, but then when I saw them on didn't. TV, I was yeah, like, they didn't wait get a them minute. All that doesn't make... Now I right? get it. 10,000. There's like six of you. What do you mean 10,000? Crazy. Uh, really bad at math, you people. Oh, really, really bad. That's the band for me. Uh, Bruce in Connecticut, you're on The Blaze. Hi, Pat. Hey. Hey, um, yeah, I was uh, I, I was thinking back probably about five years ago. Uh, I went to see uh, Doobie Brothers and mm. Bad Company, and uh, they played at the site of the original Woodstock in uh, Bethel Woods. They got a nice new really uh, open air uh, concert venue there. You can you can either sit undercover or or you know lawn seats, and it's right next to a huge new uh, museum that really chronicles. Woodstock and all the the stories. Oh, that's cool stories. Um, but uh, and it's and it's just a, a beautiful setting. But uh, Bad Company, uh, Paul Rogers, uh, he he sounded as good and continues to sound as good as he did in his prime. Oh, that's awesome! And he's one of the best rock vocalists I think of all time. Yeah. Uh, who was who was lead singer for the Doobie Brothers at that time? 
was it Michael McDonald or was it uh, uh, Johnston? Well, no, they, uh, they had uh, Tom Johnston there. Yeah. Okay. And I, I actually prefer his his stuff. Me too. Earlier. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yep. Uh, the the Tom Johnston Patrick Simmons stuff way better than the Michael McDonald stuff. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. my my thinking too. Me too. Thanks, thanks, Bruce. Appreciate it. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Uh, David in Illinois, you're on the blaze. Hey, Pat and Keith, hey. I had a couple uh, concert highlights. The first one in the late eighties, I was able to go backstage <laughs> at a Kiss concert. I met Paul Stanley and Eric Carr, got their autographs. Wow. Um, the other one in the early nineties, I don't recall what year, but when Rolling Stones had their Voodoo Lounge tour, yeah, through. Through a friend of a friend, I was able to work security at their concert in Ames, Iowa. And uh, I was literally, literally like 20 feet away when uh, Mick Jagger came out to do a sound check. It was pretty cool. That is cool. So, and I told a lot of the girls that were there that I toured with the Stones, even though I lived in Des Moines. <laughs> <laughs> Did it work on them? Did it help? Uh, well, that was, that's a whole other story, we uh, guess. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, good for you. Thanks, David. Appreciate it. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three, uh, and it Pat unleashed on Twitter. You know, if uh, something were to go wrong in your house in the middle of the night, like you hear a noise and uh, somebody is trying to get into your house, you want that particular situation to be something you're really prepared for. And in order to do that. Um, we have something that has revolutionized firearm training and you, because you can do this right in your home. You can simulate all the events that could transpire. Hopefully, none of it ever will. But if it does, you'll be ready for it. iTarget Pro allows you to train inside your home with your firearm. All you need is your cell phone and their proprietary app. And then they, there's a laser that you put in the gun instead of the bullet. And that detects exactly where your shots are landing on the target. So you see it, you hear it, it's really cool. And you can get proficient with shooting your gun. You can do it as much as you want. You can save money on ammo and range fees and gas and all of those things. Don't risk being underprepared, undertrained. And spending the rest of your life replaying a moment in time over and over and over that didn't go the way it should have. Practice frequently with iTarget Pro. Right now, you can save 10% when you use the offer code PAT. 10% when you purchase the iTarget Pro system. Save money, save time, take your skill to the next level. Be prepared for whatever eventuality happens. It's iTargetPro.com. The letter I, then TargetPro.com. iTargetPro.com. You are listening to Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. Gray returns. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Uh, saw ELO last night at uh, the American Airlines Arena in Dallas, and if so, if you if you got a chance, if they're coming to your town, don't miss them. They are really really good. This is a band so good. They were formed in 1970, 48 years ago. Their lead singer is. 70 going on 71 years old and they're still selling out Wembley Stadium 
for several nights in London. They sold out uh, the Dallas venue last night, 18,000 people. <laughs> you know, usually on these sort of nostalgic oldies tours, I remember in the 80s when I was in uh, radio, the, like bands like the Turtles from the 60s would come. Remember nice. that? Yeah. And they'd do these oldies reunions, the grassroots, the Turtles, the Monkees were playing all the time. And you'd get 2,000 people there if you were lucky. Hmm. You know, sometimes you'd get 800 people there if you were lucky. This is a band that is still getting unbelievable crowds at their performances and still sounds like they did 40 years ago. So it's pretty amazing. So talking about the best uh, concerts you've ever seen, 888-900-3393. Also... Uh, we are really excited about the Ruth Bader Ginsburg action figure, which is coming out. Um, a, the company that created them, Factory, did a, uh, a crowdfunding page, a Kickstarter crowdfund. They were hoping to raise $15,000 to start production on a Ruth Bader Ginsburg action mm-hmm. figure. They raised $613,700. Give the people what they want. You know? Wow. So the people want, and they... You know, I, I hope to have it in time for the movie, which opens Christmas Day, um, when we see this powerful scene take place for our for ourselves. The word woman does not appear even once in the U.S. Constitution. Huh. Nor does the word freedom, Your Honor. Oh, booyah! Nailed you! Mm. Man, did she pound him. Pounded him. Into the ground. Did that judge like was he ever? Able I think to show he retired that day. I think he retired that, that very day was his last day on the bench. It was just too much for him. She had shamed him to yeah, that extent. I don't doubt it. Huh. Smackdown City. Downtown Smackdown City. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Chris in Colorado. <laughs> Hi, you're on the Blaze. Hey, what's up, Pat? Hey. Hey, uh, best concert. I've seen in a long time. I've been to a lot of concerts. Was Judas Priest just came to Denver, <laughs> actually to Loveland in uh, in April? Really? And Halford, yeah, Halford's voice was was pretty right on. Not quite as good as when he was in his heyday in the late eighties, early nineties. Yeah, but man, they were good. How old is he now? He's sixty seven. Wow! And he's still. They just came out with new music. Wow. Uh, oh, I think in March. And they're on, and they're coming back to Denver actually in September with Deep Purple. Oh, I'd like to see that. Is uh, yeah. is uh, Richie Blackmore with Deep Purple? Do you know? Is he... I, I I'm not sure if he still. Is. I'm not sure if hmm. he is or not. I, I haven't got there. I usually look up all the song lists they're going to play and all that, but I haven't really checked it out. That'd be worth seeing. Um, they just got into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame either this year or last year. I, I don't yeah, remember which. I think it was last year. Yeah, yeah, but that that should be a good show. I'm I'm no planning on going back to it. Yeah, and that Ruth Bader Ginsburg thing. Yeah, I wish they'd come out with a bobblehead. I would mount it to the dash of my rig <laughs> so I could watch her head bobble around like it does in real life. <laughs> all right, thanks, Chris. Mm, nice. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> Wayne in California, you're on the blaze. Yeah, this is uh, uh, Wayne. I was just Hi, uh, calling to let you know that mm-hmm. the best concert that I ever seen was uh, Elvis Presley back in 1970. How cool is that that you saw Elvis Presley? Wow. And the, t- and the tickets were 20 bucks. In 1970? 
Yeah. Wow, that's that was pricey for 1970, right? Yeah. I mean, did you was that tough to come up with that much to go see a show? Yeah, uh, we yeah yeah we had, yeah. My wife and I had just got married in. Uh, well, actually, we were about ready to get married in. We actually got married in '72, but. Gee, I mean, I took her. We went to see that. It was the greatest show I'd ever seen. Now that was uh, was he? It was still thin, Elvis, at that time, right? Nineteen seventy. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. He was thin, but kind of he was a little bit. Uh, he was getting was he a little getting little out of shape chubby. a little bit by then. But but uh. but but not that bad. Yeah. But it, oh, it was awesome. I'll bet it was. He, Plus, uh, thought, uh, you know, a, an icon like that. That's just cool that you were you were able to see him live. That's really yeah, cool. I've seen him live there. It was in Portland, Oregon. Mm. That's where we were living at the time. And it was just awesome. And the guy was just, I mean, people were running up and down the aisles trying to get closer <laughs> looks. And it was just crazy. Oh, I'm sure. Women throwing underwear on their, uh, up on the stage, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Wayne. Appreciate it. Yeah. My mom actually saw Elvis in 1977, I believe it was. 77? Before he died. That's shortly. The year he shortly. died. Yeah, in August, right? Wasn't yeah. it in August? Uh-huh. So I'm trying to figure in exactly. Fact, hmm? Is it? To, yeah, what day is it? it it's <gasps> like today, tomorrow, or oh the next gosh. day. I think it might be the 16th. It's the 14th or 16th. Or, this might be Elvis' death oh, anniversary. No. Uh, August 16th. Yep, two days from now. Yeah. Yep. So I stumbled on this hmm. website, um, and, and you're, of course, going to tweet this out. You don't need me to tell you this. No, um, I don't. ElvisConcerts.com, where you can look up. Uh, Obviously. He's... Okay, go ahead. You know that you're going to do that? Yeah. Okay, so check this out. You can actually have fun with this website. You can <clears throat> look up what, what jumpsuit. Like, uh, when was he wearing the Aztec oh, star jumpsuit? And <laughs> Dates will come up. Search database. Here we go. Okay, well, he obviously wore it on November 14, 1972 at the Long Beach Arena, and then four days later in Honolulu, Hawaii. So he really enjoyed it there late in 72. Yeah, man. That's when I was into Nanner sandwiches. Yeah, I said, Silla, get me another Nanner sandwich, man. Uh, Mr. Presley, when were you wearing the black herringbone suit with red uh, pleats? (laughs) I don't remember. Just get me another Nanner sandwich if you would. (laughs) Wow, you wore it eight times alone in August of 69. Well, he dug it. He yeah. dug that. It was a good look for him, no uh-huh. doubt. You know, he, I mean, what was he, 260 pounds or something when he died? Um, give or take. Give or take. And so the jumpsuit, probably not the greatest thing to wear when you're 260. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's the most flattering, you know, thing you could put on. <laughs> I don't somebody couldn't somebody have said, "Hey, Elvis, uh I don't know. I'm thinking about a pair of jeans, you know, uh maybe the comfort fit, the relaxed fit jeans and a t-shirt. How about it? What do you think? Like a baggy t-shirt. I got this, baby. <laughs> no, man. I need another jump jump shoot. No. No, you don't. But okay. <laughs> Uh, Kim in Wisconsin, you're on the blaze. Hi. Hi. Um, Hi. The best concert that I ever saw was Aerosmith in August 2001. How I would love to see Aerosmith. I never have. I bet. I bet that was good. Yeah, they played. Um, just push play had just uh, come out, and uh, but they also played um, a lot of the, some of their old songs too. So it was a mix. 
yeah. which I like because it, I don't like it when they go through the new album and then do like two or three of the old older songs. Yeah, so me neither. It was uh, really cool. <laughs> all right, thanks, Kim. Um, Aerosmith is one of, I think we've talked about this before, one of the few bands that have had hits in the 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s. Can you think of another one yeah, that we, have had actual hits on the radio? We did this. In four decades, and I think we came up with somebody else. It was you too. It was you too? Yeah, it was the 80s, 90s, aughts, and teens. And uh, They did sneak it. But because it's top 40. We, I, we, 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 we cut it off at top 40, right. and they snuck in there with off the last album. They had one song that was like Did it sneak into the top 40? or something, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, all right. So. <laughs> uh, Mike in Ohio. Hi, you're on The Blaze. Hey, hey, Pat, uh, the best rock and roll show I ever saw in my life was ACDC right after they released their first album. Mm. So you saw, was, um, what's his face before he died? Bon Scott. Yeah, Bon Scott. Wow. Yeah, he was, he was the lead singer and it was, uh, like I said, the wildest rock and roll show I had ever seen. I'll bet. Uh, uh, Angus put. I guess he's the lead player. I can never mm-hmm. tell him apart. Yep, yep. He put Bon Scott on his shoulders, and this was at the Capitol Music Hall in Wheeling, West Virginia. Wow. They uh, they walked up and down the aisles <laughs> with, with him on his shoulders, Bons, with his on his shoulders, singing and playing and, guitar. And Angus, and Angus never missed a note. Holy cow! Mm. That's amazing. That's an amazing band, though. Appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. Wild, amazing band. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Uh we got you in the fat with Jeffy just around the corner. Pat Gray. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. That happy music means it's the happiest time of the day. Mm-hmm. Time for chewing the fat with Jeffy. Well, there's actually. I mean, we can talk about you know concerts and uh, that mm-hmm. we've seen over the years. No problem. I've, I'll I will get into. What that. is your favorite? I, I, I was trying to really think of some of my favorites. There's been some really good ones. Um, I think my one of my all time favorites was Scott Joplin. Who? Uh, Scott Joplin. God, Joplin. Yeah, it was back in, I don't know, 1888, yeah. 1889, Scott put on a show with the Ragtime Band. He was, he was oh, really? good. And where'd you see him? He was like at a great. carousel or some like state fair? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was uh-huh. in Virginia. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> is that better than the John uh, Phillips? I mean, he, uh, <laughs> better than that one? He, he had some ragtime numbers that were. Oh, yeah. Toe tappers. Toe tappers. And then, of course, man. I mean, the, the house came down with Entertainer. Uh huh. Sure. And, uh, I mean, sure. it still does today. Uh, obviously. So, obviously. It's sad to see him go. Yeah. Uh, well, well he's been gone been for a while, ones. hasn't he? Yes, we he, lost him a while he ago. Yeah, a while ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, to the point where at first I didn't even recognize the, the name. Scott Joplin. <laughs> <laughs> Scott Joplin. What are you talking about? <laughs> He's a singer of what? Um, I, you know, uh, I don't know. I, I remember, you know, uh, the caller just said ACDC. Um, I yeah, remember seeing them. Yeah. 
Bon I, Scott I or them, Brian Johnson? I saw them uh, both, and they were both oh, wow. good. They were both great. Well, to me, they sound um, very similar. I saw them on the first tour with Brian. That was probably one of my favorite shows because they were uh, ZZ Top was the headliner, and so ACDC. Oh, I bet they blew ZZ Top away. Uh, it was a mistake. Mm-hmm. Never let. And, I'm, mm-hmm. and I read. I've read articles since where ACDC was like, um, <clears throat> "We did that on purpose," where we just there were, we did not want to be uh, second bill. Mm-hmm. So when the bands made a fuss, as I'm sure ZZ Top did. Mm-hmm. That they were, you know, they were the big, the big guns. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this was uh, this is their back in black tour. Uh, that you know, ACDC had to be number two, and so they came out and they cranked for about an hour and fifteen nonstop. Mm. And wa- I mean, it was just walk off the stage, and ZZ Top came out, and the whole crowd. <laughs> 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 I mean, yeah, you know, they were great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they. I mean, Angus and and Bon and Brian both. I mean, whew, yeah, those guys were on fire. Mm-hmm. It's sad to see those guys go. I mean, they still would be touring. I know they lost uh, Malcolm. Malcolm is. Yeah, one of them. Malcolm. Died. Malcolm died, and then another one is uh, suffering from uh, some other kind of disease. So I know Angus is, you know, he's... And Brian Johnson had something wrong with his voice yeah. or something, and, and so they were going to replace hearing. him. He was pissed. Uh, yeah. He was trying to get him to delay so he could heal and then yeah. go out with him. And instead, they were looking for somebody else to put in there instead. I mean, after f- almost, f- what, 40 years, you're going to replace Brian Johnson? Uh, you're not the original guy. Get out. <laughs> the original guy was there for one album. I know Bon. Well, no, he was there for Bon Scott wasn't no, there very long. He was, was there he? for three or four, I think. Was he? Yeah. Uh, uh, high voltage and uh, there was the Highway to Hell and uh, uh, no, high, vol- high voltage was a tremendous album. Um, yeah, there was probably three or four about with Bon. Hmm. All right. Anyway, anyway, and, and you know, like a, like a Prince shows. I've seen a couple of a Prince shows that were great. Oh yeah, TNT, high voltage, dirty deeds, done dirty. Cheap. Yeah. Uh, Let there be rock. Was oh, he yeah, still in on that great one? Yeah. Powerage. There oh, was yeah. a lot of albums before. Yeah, how uh, the hell? So that's Brian six, Johnson. Right? If you want, uh, if you want blood, if you want blood, yeah, you've got it. Great song. Uh, Highway to Hell. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and then there. Yeah, and then How back the in black the came out. One. Yeah, which was the tribute to Bon Scott. Yeah. Uh, all right, but I mean, I've saw some, a couple of Prince shows that were great. You know the oh, you went uh, to Prince uh, controversy <clears throat> tour. <clears throat> uh, the nineteen ninety nine tour was great with Morris Day and the Time and Vanity Six. I mean, <clears throat> the shows were he was and he was great. Um, put on a great show. Um, you know, and I've seen Jerry Lee Lewis. A few, I'm on the card carrying member of the Killers fan club, so I've seen Jerry Lee a few times, and he's been. I mean, you are old. I've seen him uh, play with towels, standing on pianos, playing with towels on the cue. He's great. Yeah, very exciting. It's very. Exciting. I know you don't like the Killer, but that's fine. No, you don't have to. No, like I'm the saying it's exciting. It's, it's very great. exciting. Now, I will say that Jerry Lee will tell you that he's the best piano player, but Scott Joplin was. Far even better oh man okay i mean i don't think jerry ever saw it scott but <laughs> uh we got to the defense told the court that uh did not intend to call any witnesses in the paul manafort trial so uh they're going to conclude prosecutors conclude their arguments today i would not be surprised 
I've been listening to some of the experts, and they, I wouldn't be surprised to see the jar- charges dismissed against him. Because hmm. most of that stuff that they've talked about in that trial uh, have absolutely nothing to do with Russian collusion. I mean, it's agonizing. And when they dismiss that, wait for uh, Trump to be uh, all over some more dog tweets. I mean, he's going to be on fire. He's going to be telling me, you need to go back to the dog pound. Get out of here. He's going to be crazy when they do that. Uh, But the biggest story, and I don't even know why we're doing any other stories, to be honest with you. The biggest story is scientists have, uh, and they've done this accidentally, but they did find it. They discovered a drug that prevents weight gain. And uh, why are we not? Wait, why, what? Why are we not talking about this all over America? I mean, this should be this is ridiculous. A new discovery could make it possible to eat all the fat you want without gaining a single pound, and it all happened by accident. The Yale University researchers what? using mice, yeah, good okay. for something, yeah. I mean, let's not we don't have to kill them all, right? Save some for testing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, showed certain glaucoma drugs block the production of a protein called vascular endothelial growth factor. Uh, without Vega, Vega A, located in the gut's lymphatic vessels, fat just goes right on through. So, I'm starting. I don't think I can see you too well, Pat. I think I have. I think I have glaucoma. <laughs> I'm getting. I'm going well, go like to Are they going to split that off now, and yeah, they're use it as a weight they're, drug? They're doing some more studies and wow. And, and uh, they've they've studied now. The, one of the of course does it make you. Go to the bathroom continually. Well, and there was also uh, there, the was also, there was also a little problem with uh, uh, you uh, kind of blew up a little bit because the wa- you didn't go to the bathroom enough, so your water kind of stayed inside your system. Hmm. So they're going to have to put that with some sort of diuretic, okay. right? Mm. So the fat doesn't store. You don't gain mm-hmm. weight from the from the fat, but uh, water weight gain. Yeah, the edema. Yeah, you get mm. that. So you know, good luck. But I say uh, okay. I know. Yeah, I take that. Uh, okay. Yeah. So we're close. That'd be we're great. Close. Can you imagine? We're cl- yes. When that when that happens. <laughs> That's a real question. I mean I'm gonna I'm gonna live at Chick-fil-A. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be my home. I'm moving in to a Chick-fil-A location. And until that day, so, there's um, always Ridu Zone. <laughs> yes. Ridu Zone. Right. 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 Yes. Uh, and, right. and that's the thing. Right. That's what we have right now. Right. Ridu Zone. And, and good. And good. And it is really good because it's safe. It's natural, which means a lot to me. I know that, like, Stu doesn't care about natural. He, he, no, he does not. He'll put all the chemicals you want in his body. He doesn't care. I, I don't like that, though. I, I like things to be natural. It's FDA acknowledged. Um, they took the good stuff out of olive oil. They extracted the OEA. OEA is what has been shown to boost metabolism. So it speeds up your system, and it helps reduce your appetite. Those two things alone are about 90% of the battle. And then if on top of it, you try to eat you know, reasonably and you exercise a little bit, you're going to lose weight. So give it a try. If you've been struggling, it's time to try it. Riduzone. And since there's no, there's no magical formula, there's no magic pill yet that you can take it and you lose weight in your sleep overnight. It just doesn't happen. So maybe someday there will be. But in the meantime, like we said, there's Riduzone. Order today. Use the promo code PAT and get 30% off a three-month supply. RidUZone.com, promo code PAT for 30% off a three-month supply. RidUZone.com. So a man has surrendered to authorities uh, in connection with an attempted drowning of a dog uh, that he left in a cage uh, next to a river. And, you know, look, 
He's charged with third-degree animal cruelty, attempting to cause death of serious bodily injury to an animal, disorderly person's offensive of abandonment, domestic animal, failure to provide necessary care, and failure to provide proper shelter. On and on it goes. And he's still in jail. The only reason that this story fascinates me is that this guy could not get out of jail. But the New Mexico jihadists, uh, go ahead. Yeah, get, yeah, get out of here. Just sign your name. Get out of here. You don't have to pay any bond. You don't have to do anything. Just you're fine. Get out of here. But the guy with the dog, no, 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 no. You are still going to be in Wait, jail. I think I missed the story where the jihadist in Mexico, in New Mexico, got, he is he out on bail? Oh, yeah. The judge said, just a signature bond. Get out of here. Get out of here. What uh, the, the prosecutors didn't. Uh, what is happening? I mean, I, enough. I, I, there's no words. <laughs> there's no words. I know. You got a guy training one to fifteen year olds to kill people in schools, and you let him out on a signature bond. Yep. <sighs> Why not? Okay. That's I great. know. Good job. I know. Good job. I know it. Jeez. I'm, I'm with you. It's just unbelievable. Uh, Montana man from your neck of the woods. Mm-hmm. Uh, Montana man who was accused, and this is horrific. This is this is what's going on in your state, Pat. The oh, story no. actually really pisses me off. Uh, is accused of filling his water mm-hmm. cup with soda at a fast food restaurant and has been arrested and charged with multiple misdemeanors and a felony. Now this all started because uh-huh. he took a water cup and put soda in. It. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That and bastard. so somebody noticed that. Okay, so, yes. And they called the police? So, yes. See, so the, the employee confronted him and said, hey, you're going to have to pay for that soft drink. And he uh, said, uh, no, and then he left. All right? And so the guy follows him. The store, the employee follows him out and hollers at him and says, you're not welcome to come back here. And so the guy turns around and comes back and attempts to kick the employee. Doesn't kick him, just mm-hmm. attempts to kick him and leaves. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Then the police arrive. And the, the, the guy is telling the, the police the story. And then they notice the guy going into another restaurant down the road. So they go after him. They find him. He goes in the bathroom. Apparently, he's in the bathroom hiding, according to police. And they confronted him. And he was approached what appeared to be an aggressive manner. The officers attempted to take control of him physically. When he began to resist, hmm. they had to comply. He wouldn't comply, so they tased him. Yeah, you do. They tased him down. They brought him down. Oh, wait. And now he's in jail. Oh, we got to play the video later. They, there's another weapon that police are using that uh, they could have employed. What is that? Uh, well, it's like a Spider-Man toy. If you want to play the really? video of the uh, of the guy getting taken down by the... Uh, the look at this. What's this. Look at this, Jeffy. Huh? About the size of a flashlight. It has a laser and a high-speed surprise. Uh-oh. Wraps around their legs. 900 feet per second. And obviously, as you see right here, it entangles him right below the knees. Huh? Whoa. Hey, look at that, huh? Is like that real? Yeah. Is that real? That was cool. That was very cool. So if are I'm, they really going to use that? If I'm running away and they tackle me with that and I smash my face, I'm suing. I Yeah, and that's that will happen. That will happen. Not that I would ever do anything like that. No, of course but not. I, but this guy, it gets all started from... From using, like... A water Putting cup. soda in your water cup. Yeah. Come on now. I mean, that Somebody's is stealing. So. Not Jeffy, really. that is, quote, stealing. You got a cup. What are you supposed to put in the cup? Water. Water. 
Water. But if you go up to the soda fountain, there the water might have been out. <laughs> water you might, know the water wasn't you out. Can't find, you can't the find the water button. Sometimes the water button's on the, the side. Water. You can't find it. <laughs> no, it's on right those, there. Says water. You, no, a lot of times it's not. You ask somebody. Oh hey, where's God. the water? I, I ordered water. So where is I that? give you a water cup. If you go into uh, In-N-Out Burger, they give you the free water cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course, we're definitely not going to go and get it out of the tap. No. Let's be clear. Oh, <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, because those soda do tap water. don't hook up to tap water. No. no. Nope. Those are all filtered. Yeah, magic Thank fairies you. are filtering it before yes. it comes out. Yeah, yes. those are all mm-hmm. filtered completely, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If they are, if they do come from a tap, I don't want to know about it. Yeah, we don't want to yeah, know. I don't want to know. So let's not don't even tell me about it. about this. <laughs> grosses sad. me out now. So sad. I'm so with you. So weird. I'm so isn't with it? you weird. on that. Yeah. yeah. I've become a water snob. In fact, we're, I was, I've been, you know, I have this, uh, I've been fighting this plague and I've been taking these, uh, uh, you know, vitamin C immune system blusters that uh, you put in a cup of water and they, you know, they dilute and then you drink it. Mm-hmm. And I started the other morning, I got up and I turned on the kitchen sink and I was like, hey, no. <laughs> no, I went and got a bottle of water. Yeah, I would too. <laughs> yeah, no, I would too. I, when we go and over it's to my just the tap water. I mean, I drink coffee that when, comes from the tap water. When we go to my oldest daughter's house, she's on a thing where plastic bottles are choking the earth or something. I'll stop know. it. So she doesn't buy bottled you know, water. You know what? They you keep adding buy. to the garbage. Batch. And I'm like, what are we living in the 1800s? What are we Neanderthals? You want me to drink out of the tap? What? No. And, uh, Where's the filtered water? Doesn't you have a jug though? Like usually they, they used have some to, sort but of jug. They gave you know? up on that too because I don't know why. They first of all they're on a warm water kick, oh. so they don't even they don't even make their water cold because oh, warm water warm water is supposedly healthier for your digestive system. Well, that's true. It takes I your body care. burns more calories with cold water though. Does it? Yeah. Because oh. it takes your body okay. has to work to to, well, then, to make it warmer. Put Plus, that in your pipe. cold water is refreshing. And I like it. So So there's that. We've got that <laughs> like, going for us. Uh, you just yeah. bring your own. So dog? I'm in a quandary. So we bring our own. Yeah. That, I just bring the bottles yeah, with me. Because yeah. I, I, like, I prefer mm-hmm. uh, Coke Zero as a side drink mm-hmm. uh, rather than water. Yeah. Uh, plus water. And so a lot of times when I visit uh, someone's house in my family mm-hmm. that I'm forced to go to, say my son, who you know is Mr. <laughs> exercise and I don't drink sodas, mm-hmm. I just bring my own. You bring your own. I just bring my own. Yeah. Get away from me. Yeah, I'm bringing my own. Right, like I broke my cooler. I set it. That's in the all kitchen. you can do. Yeah, I don't want to hear it. I mean, you tried to raise him right. I, tried I know and it I just, exactly. Sometimes it doesn't he's, work out. He's lucky right? I should be coming. If he knows I'm coming, <laughs> he ought to buy the sodas. Well, that's my belief. At least Jeffy's comfortable with failure, so just add it to the list. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that's a good thing. Uh, President Donald Trump's trade <laughs> war is taking its toll, you know, on a lot of uh, U.S. industries, but mm-hmm. uh, while the president's tariffs could be driving up costs for industries. Boat manufacturing, TVs, but the restaurant invoice management company, restaurants are going to see prices dropping. I say a uh, good. Uh, other U.S. agricultural products such as pork, cheese are also falling sharply uh, because we have all this all this food that's not going to be exported because of the tariffs. Oh, it's yeah. going to be dropping mm-hmm. the prices here in the U.S. Corn, mm-hmm. pork, apples, cheese, potatoes. Now seafood's going to have to go up a little bit. So, how much is I'm a little have bit? To give up. I'm going to have to give up. Uh, seafood is the only major category tract that will increase in price, and it doesn't say exactly how much. Yeah. Uh, it talks about the additional costs for their uh, for their prices of saving it, but it doesn't it doesn't break it down to what you would pay for a, a slab of salmon at the restaurant. So, you know what? I just won't order salmon. <laughs> 
I'd be okay. okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just not going to order salmon. We're fine. Yeah. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and a good thing, you know, after a month, uh, Saudi women finally, uh, they won the right to a drive mm-hmm. in June, which mm-hmm. we're happy about. And uh, what's good now is, and they've been waiting uh, for a lifetime for this, says Aliyah, a 23-year-old student from uh, Jeddah. Uh, she is now starting her own Harley-Davidson bike chapter. Uh, so not only are they going to be driving vehicles, but we're going to have the Saudi bike clubs, wow. the Harley clubs. That's like going zero to 60 you in a second and a half. Wow. You aren't lying. So five five of the women went to the Harley-Davidson no, store wait. at uh, Riata wearing what? Yeah, wait, hold on. Does the burka get caught in the pedals? How's that? I don't understand what's happening. Why would the burka get caught in the pedals? The burka's on the head. Okay, well, it's a long... You put the helmet over like the burka. Bee, it's like a beekeeper outfit, and it kind of hangs down and... Continue. I'm you, thinking wow. there's a, there's Did you a hear the hatred there? Racist? There's wow. an issue there. I'm talking about wow. uh, aerodynamics and uh, safety. Holy cow. Is what I'm concerned what about. What do you have against Islamic women? <laughs> Sweet Lord. I didn't know. Where th- are, they, are they Islamic? I didn't realize Mr. that from the Islamophobe. story. Mr. Islamophobe. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, these women are trying to have a life. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. More coming up in just a second. We're, that's it. Pat Gray unleashed the Blaze Radio Network. to Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. Oh, so I good. Know. So I forgot about Dirty If You Deeds. Want Blood is so great. So Problem good. Child from High Voltage. Oh, man, those songs. So those, good. I know. So good. I might have to break them out today. Yeah, I missed a chance. You know, we talk about seeing shows and stuff. I missed a chance to uh, see Elvis at one point, I, and uh, you know, Fat Elvis, hundred years ago. Was it Fat Elvis? It was, <laughs> well, I'll just say that that's the year that he split his pants on stage. That was the performance. <laughs> wow. that, he, split he split his pants, pants on stage. Yeah. And, no, yeah, and so that, that particular oh, performance I missed. But yeah, that's uh, embarrassing. I tell you one thing that we're you and I are going to have a little talk about. <laughs> What? I'll tell you what. There's two Elvises. I noticed. There's I noticed fat Elvis. You and have a lot of disparaging comments Elvis. about Elvis. No, we don't. And I don't like. I don't like it. What? I don't what have like I said that's disparaging I like about Elvis? Even the postal service recognized that with a stamp. You got the thin. Elvis. You got the fat Elvis. You got thin Elvis. Fatty McFat. You can say it with a little bit of respect. Okay. Other than your little. I wow. did say it with respect. I said, yeah, yeah, I'm going to give me another Nader sandwich. That's respectful right is there. It? That's a, yes. Yeah. Yes. That's yeah. a respectful request oh, okay. for a Nader sandwich. From the bathroom, apparently. Yeah, man, and give me another Nader. Another <laughs> Nader sandwich. Silla, <laughs> Silla, give me another, another Nader sandwich. See, that's man. not respectful. <laughs> That is not respectful of the king. What is your deal with that's Elvis? Not, that, First, you name you name your king. son oh, yeah. after him. That's right. Uh, and then it could have been another Elvis. No, but it wasn't. I like Elvis. Could have been who? Elvis Gerback. No, Elvis. A Costello. Michigan quarterback. Elvis Costello. Oh, could have yeah. been Elvis Costello. Mm. Yeah. 
That's true. Elvis Costello is still out rocking. Is he? Yeah. I like Elvis Costello. Yeah, he, and matter of fact, he uh, just uh, there, I just read a story about him because he was uh, he <clears> had <throat> he was battling cancer and he's cancer free now. Oh, that's good. So he's back. Uh, he's back. What kind of cancer did he have? That. Cancer. Sad man. Cancer. We're just so we're a cancer society. Everybody Which, from I that know. era. I know. Just old now, and like I said last night, I was just looking around, realizing, yeah, we're all old here. Well, I mean, uh, there are very few of us that hold up. <laughs> so. Oh yeah, Homo erectus. You know. last, yeah, right. The last ones right here. Right. That's right. Yeah. You know. I mean, <clears throat> that's clear. Do you, do you yes. miss? You were. You were reminded of that at the Hello Show. I was reminded. Did you of that. see the? I heard Glenn talk about the uh, the sixty uh, year old strippers. Yeah, um, were, you, were you privy to that? Uh, I no. I fortunately I heard about it afterwards. Oh, yeah, we dude. We, we were not. We we were not well, that uh, makes the show. treated to the show yeah, from the sixty year old stripper. <laughs> Just that's a bonus. I was, was kind of gratified that we didn't have to mm-hmm. have to see that. Why? Well, I just you know probably would have gotten me too excited. I'm oh, sure. okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't need that. But then you would have would have went home and <laughs> yes. and we did. And okay. we did. We just we you just know, went home and had so tea. Nice. And had, yes. Right. <laughs> I don't drink tea. So. 888-900-3393. That's right. He doesn't. I don't. Oh my god. And in Pat at least on Twitter. Awesome. More coming up. <laughs> Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Hi, it's Pat, and I want to tell you about another podcast that I think you're going to love. It's called The News and Why It Matters. It's a group of us talking about the news stories that we think are important every day and why those stories matter to you. The News and Why It Matters. Look for it wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. 888-900-3393. And it Pat Unleashed on Twitter. Uh, the high-level snarky McSnark face tweets... <laughs> What kills the concert experience for me every time are all the incidentals. I have no problem paying the artist to see them. But last Friday, I spent 30 bucks for parking. A beer was going for $11. And fees for each ticket were 11 bucks. Oof. Yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. I, that's insanity. The parking thing pisses me off, too. Because 30 bucks to park, yeah, that's... Ugh. Um... Just to muck and fudge says, how did the members of Foreigner behave towards one another at their Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction? Uh, oh, uh, oh, never no. mind. Never mind. That hits. <laughs> they just love to rub that in. They do. Don't they? They just love and to rub that And you're actually, I mean, you're not even getting to the ones that just are on Twitter that never get sent in here. Right. That you get to see. Right. Uh, Real Ben Frankly says, hands down, the killers, the best concert I have ever been to. Not only does Brandon Flowers have perfect pitch while on an extremely loud stage, but the stage presence is also unreal. Nice. Hmm. And a Mormon. Fellow Mormon, Brandon Flowers. Okay. Well, of, the, uh, of the killers. Oh, wow. 
Uh, American Pirate tweets out, I've seen the Zach, the Zach Brown band three times over about six years. Mm-hmm. It's a country band, I guess, right? Yeah. Uh, each time their show gets better and better. At the Houston Rodeo a couple of years ago, they covered Bohemian Rhapsody. Wow, wow. Well, that's cool. I bet that was uh, uh, sacrilegious almost. What do you mean? <laughs> you can't have a country band doing Bohemian Rhapsody. One of the great songs of all time. Yeah, any song can be made into a country <clears throat> song because anybody can sing country. Well, that's true. That is true. Uh, Nicole tweets, I don't know whether to be happy you guys are making me feel young or sad that I wasn't old enough to go to any of those concerts. Aww. And she just she just drove, drove the knife in a little bit. Right, right, right. kind of yeah, subtly. like Twisted it a little tried bit. Tried to make mm-hmm. it seem like mm-hmm. we wouldn't see it coming. Yeah. But, oh, mm-hmm. oh, we saw that. We saw it. And we Oof, felt it. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you for You're that. younger than us. We got it. I got it. Okay. I'm old. Jeez. Whatever. I know. I was with a it was a senior citizen concert last night. I got it. We were all there at four o'clock in the afternoon for the early bird dinner. Ain't nothing wrong uh, with eating early. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> There's just not. I don't mind doing everything. I go to bed early. So triple eight nine hundred thirty-three ninety-three. also let's go to uh Fred in New Jersey. Fred, you're on the blaze. Hi. How are you, Pat? Doing First good. Time I ever called you. Oh well, thanks for calling. Thank you. First concert. Mm-hmm. Black Sabbath, mm-hmm. Aerosmith. Together. Seventy-five. Yes. Wow. No one knew who Aerosmith was yet. Just did the Dream On album. Uh-huh. I think like Toys in the Attic might have just come out. And I had never been to a giant venue or ever saw professional music in my life. So I stepped into all of what the 1970s had to offer in those days. Yeah. And and that music and thought I literally was in heaven. I bet. Yeah. Now, was that, was that Black Sabbath with uh, with uh, Rio or was it... Um, oh, that's Ozzy. Ozzy. Okay. Oh, that's yeah, Ozzy. that's... I mean, that's the real Black Sabbath. Yeah, that was heyday Black Sabbath. Yep. That's good stuff. That was the giant mirror of the cross that they symbolize on their, <laughs> what they wear in their albums. And it mm-hmm. was made of glass and mirrors, and they would hit laser lights on it while War Pigs was starting to be played. <laughs> and I think we all just lost our minds at that point. Yeah, I'll bet. I bet there was a pungent smell of some herb in the air as well. Uh, uh, I, I believe mean, there was a lot of... Yeah. Uh, of that type of behavior. <clears throat> yes, Something I bet there was. Surgic in it, and uh, I don't know what else. <laughs> yeah. A lot of stuff. Yeah. My, my next concert that would compare after I've experienced all of that would be Pink Floyd. Okay. I'm not a big Pink Floyd I mean, fan, but I, I'll bet they were really good in concert. They are. The reason being is their professionalism. Yeah. Their music that they produce, which is so bizarre in those days and so cutting edge, was actually reproduced on stage perfectly. And I found it's really difficult to be able to play live music like the stuff that you would hear in your headphones or uh, at home. And, and they did it perfectly. And that's what made me uh, love that band so much. Yeah, that's fun. Appreciate it. Thanks, Fred. Uh, and all classic bands, too. I mean, just classic bands. Um, but what's agonizing, especially now, about Pink Floyd is Roger Waters is just out of his mind progressive. Mm-hmm. And super vocal about it and super obnoxious about it. And I mean, to the point where he almost insults anybody who doesn't feel like he does. And when you're an artist like that, I don't know how you could afford to do that all the time. I I mean, you're cutting down on your 
Well, you're, you're just taking money out of your pocket. And I guess he doesn't care because he keeps doing it. Uh, Rob in Florida, you're on the blaze. Hi. Hey, Pat and Keith. Hey. Mm-hmm. Um, great topic today for us old people about the concerts. Yeah, uh, this is very uh, cathartic in many ways. Uh, I was fortunate enough to grow up in Milwaukee, which is often the center place of everything weird and bizarro in the in the world. Mm-hmm. And the concert uh, venues were really awesome. Starting at County Stadium, uh, they used to have all these huge outdoor uh, concerts, and that that began in, with in '75 with the Rolling Stones. Mm-hmm. Well, when I was a kid, I went and saw the World Series of Rock two in '82, uh, and that had '38 Special, Foreigner, uh, Lover Boy, oh. Quarter Flash, and Triumph. Wow! So I wanted to see Triumph, and I wanted to see Four and '38 Special and Lover Boy, but not Quarter Flash. Uh, so anyway, I'm 14 years old, and I'm there with a bunch of uh, adolescent, you know, friends, and the sound went out during. Um, uh, uh, what was it uh, during Triumph? And they started throwing things on the stage, and the and the actual bassist started screaming at the uh, uh, the, the old fans, and there was like fifty thousand people, which wasn't a good idea. And then he got pelted, and and it turned ugly. Well, the following act was Thirty Eight Special, and now at this stage, it's probably like I don't know eighty ninety degrees. Everybody's all you know screaming and yelling at the stage, and you could literally go up to the stage with open tickets. Mm-hmm. And so the guys from Thirty Eight Special started throwing out cans of Budweiser. And those were the steel cans, you know, with the old pull tabs. <laughs> yeah. And and one of the one of the cans, I'll, I swear to you, one of the cans hit a guy right in the skull in front of me, and he went down, and, uh, and it was like a melee for the can. So I went down. I actually came out of it with the can. I swear to you, I'll I'll send you a photo of it. I still have the can. It's dented from the guy's head in front of me. <laughs> so you did get it. I actually still have it, Pat. I oh, still have the can. That's awesome. And, and it's never—I it, never opened it. Now, it, this is what I think constitutes a good concert: is not just you know everybody sees a good concert. So, oh, they were great. They were great. Well, no, it has to go beyond the concert. Mm-hmm. Now, what happened then after that was in '83. I went and saw Judas Priest downtown at Mecca, and I'm 15. And this was their World Vengeance tour. It was actually the second leg of their uh, the screening for Vengeance or World Vengeance tour, and. Those uh, the seating arrangements were like, I swear to you, folding chairs for about twenty rows on the floor in front of the stage, and they were like zip tied together. So you know the the promoters must have been trying to pack as many people in the old place as they could. So we we're on the stage, and for the for the encore, Rob Helbert comes out on stage with a Harley and starts doing donuts, smoking the hell out of the tire, and smashing the amplifiers into what was the old orchestra pit, and then launched the bike onto the speakers off the stage into the orchestra pit jumped down Jeez. into the orchestra pit and started kicking his feet to the woofers and at this stage <laughs> people were storming the stage i was in the folding chairs we were standing on them all about at least 15 rows collapsed and it was like mayhem so i'm thinking at this early stage of my life this is the greatest thing you could ever see in a concert is <laughs> something physical like this and then <laughs> a few years later for the crescendo at a place called Cafe Voltaire, you can look this up. Um, a friend of mine said, we got to go see this guy called Gigi Allen. And I don't know if you know who Gigi Allen was. I don't. But he was like a shock uh, singer, and he vowed to kill himself on stage at one of his concerts. And for, he did it for years. Now, I don't know if it was a promo or, you know, his little way of, you know, getting people to go to, to see his, his show. But yeah. uh, my friend of mine, Kevin, actually got tickets to, to go see this venue. And we chickened out at the last minute because I thought, I don't want to go see this guy kill himself on you know, I think it was Halloween. And so we didn't go, but that concert that we didn't go to, he ended up 
crapping on the stage and throwing it on oh, audience. Oh, and my god! He got arrested. You can look this. Oh, Keith, Google this. Mm, he got arrested. It was a court trial going on in Milwaukee. It made, I think it made, like, international news. And he, he did jail time. <laughs> so wow. I that for your concert. Yeah. yeah. Those are those are experiences you never forget. That's pretty awesome. Appreciate it. Thanks, Rob. I wouldn't expect that in Milwaukee, necessarily. Uh, I don't know. Like New York or Los Angeles. Not necessarily Milwaukee. Triple eight nine hundred uh thirty three ninety three. Used to be that you could get those uh huge acts all together in one venue too, like Foreigner, thirty eight special, lover boy, all together. Ah, what a great experience that would be. And then for some reason it would throw in a band like Quarter Flash, <laughs> which just doesn't doesn't fit. Remember this band? Do you know Quarter Flash? Does this sound familiar? Hard in my heart? Yeah. 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 Okay. I mean, does this fit in with Foreigner, 38 Special, and Loverboy? Answer, no. No, it doesn't. I'm going to turn off the song. Okay, there we go. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Tex Mex restaurant is under fire <clears throat> because they served Attorney General Jeff Sessions. Uh, it's a it's one of the really popular restaurants in Houston, and this is what I'm telling you: Houston has great restaurants, world renowned for their restaurants. Shut up, Keith. Well, um, I love the food there. <laughs> there. Do you? I love the health care and the food. <clears throat> okay. I don't love the fact that every road is flooded getting to said locations. Uh, well, if somebody spits, that happens. Right. Yeah, and sure. You, yeah, you spit in the street, mm-hmm. you run in, turn you on the spit, weather channel, and then pretty soon, the flash flood warning. Freaking flood everywhere. Yeah. Um, El Tiempo Catina, Cantina was targeted by hundreds of tweets and Facebook posts after Roland Lorenzo who's the president of the company that operates the chain, posted a photo on Friday with Jeff Sessions. Photo caption said, it was an honor to serve Sessions, who delivered a speech in Houston that day. The post drew the ire of the people who oppose Donald Trump's immigration policies and Sessions, who is a key official, um, and everybody blames him for the zero tolerance thing at the border and the family separations. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, Lorenzo had to tell the TV reporters it all descended on him. Look, I don't support family separation. I regret that the Post angered so many people. Sorry, I liked our Attorney General. But this is where we've this is where we've arrived in America now. And then <clears throat> the chain later he deleted the photo because of course. because it's you know you're going to be run out of business. Mob rule. So he had to. They had to close down the website because it got so ugly. With oh it. my! I, I just, I'm so tired of it. Yeah, the, the transgression was they served the Attorney General of the United States and, and said it was an honor. Took a po- photo with him. Mm. Oh my gosh! I mean, get him out of town. Oh, the humanity! Oh man! Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. But we're, here we are in mob rule, right? I mean, this is just where we are now. Now. Is this one of the uh, one of the pages that you got from? So I thought this 15, was, 20 years ago. Yeah, or yeah. So this is <clears throat> yeah. uh, this is when we're going through the two thousand two archives. I said I'd pull out five random things from my collection, 
And this one was a, a fun little uh, paragraph there from uh, Neil Bortz, who was a retired talk show host. And, uh, and it sounded like you were talking through him, or he was vice versa. It was, it was amazing. Stole this from me. Did he? Yeah. Wait, so he, so he went it. back in time yeah, stole after it. taking your thought. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Huh. Bastard. Didn't realize um, that was possible. He said, <laughs> our founding fathers recognized the dangers of, in mob rule, which is why we're not a democracy, by the way. What is democracy other than mob rule? Mm -hmm. It's the majority wins. Um, For the first 160 years of our republic, you virtually never heard a politician refer to the United States as a democracy. In fact, you might be surprised to learn that it was the official position of the government of the United States that a democratic form of government was dangerous. It's not a surprise because he talked about it all the time. Mm -hmm. If you've studied at all the writings that led to the Declaration of Independence and the and the Constitution of the United States. You know how they felt about democracies. They don't work. And they did not found one. So check for yourself, he says. Get to a library. So that tells you how old that is. Nobody has to go to the library anymore. What is a library again? Um, it's a place where they used to have books. Let's get the last of the Homo erectus in here, Jeffy, and ask him if he <laughs> recognizes right. that. Look at all the text of all presidential State of the Union addresses. Try to find the word democracy used just once from Washington all the way to Woodrow Wilson. You won't find the word democracy. Uh Uh-oh. Then run a search from FDR through today. And something happened. To me, something very terrible happened. Um, Something happened to cause politicians to suddenly become all in love with the idea of democracy. And what, what is it that transpired? Well, they realized that they can bring down this republic by calling it a democracy all the time. They can, they can trick us into thinking that socialism is democracy, and that's exactly what they're trying to do. And that's, that's what someone wrote an op-ed there on Hot Air um, about how we got to get rid of the presidency. You know, because the founding fathers thought democracy was important. Oh, that was a thought. Uh, no. That was a- <clears throat> no, they didn't. Um, the commentary. Who wrote this on Hot Air? I don't know. Oh, Ooh. Tina du, Dupoy. Sure. Du, Dupuy. Don't know. She says, uh, "My fear isn't Trump. It's that the next autocrat is most likely smarter and savvier than Trump. Every partisan from every niche of American politics should be alarmed. We have a branch of government that stinks so bad it's wafted over the entire nation and its outer territories." The entire world sees it. We're in trouble. The presidency is broken. <clears throat> our little demo- democratic experiment is in peril. We can amend our constitution to save the republic. Abolish the presidency. Uh-huh. Power to the people. Power to the Congress. Make the co-equal branches of government more equal. <laughs> what? I don't know. That's asinine. Yeah. They're already co-equal branches of government. Mm-hmm. Executive, legislative, judicial. Those are the co-equal branches. Why would you eliminate one of them? Then you just make the other two that much stronger. Uh, Stupid. Um, Give us a council of boring bureaucrats who will do their job, serve the people, and leave after their term ends. Because as our forefathers believed, democracy is worth fighting for, even if you have to fight a mad king for it. No? That is not what our forefathers believed in any way, shape, or form. They believe pretty much the opposite. The democracy was dangerous and should be avoided at all costs. And they knew it didn't work. Oh, these people are agonizing. 888 thirty three ninety three.
Let me tell you about uh, real estate agents I trust. Uh, Glenn and Tanya founded this because they got really frustrated working with an unreliable agent. They're, you know, their agent was okay, but just didn't do a good job for them. And so they decided to look into what makes a good realtor. And they found that, well, you got to be full-time. You got to be kind of committed to the job. You can't just dabble in it. Plus, a great agent doesn't just show up and say, yeah, your house looks fine. Let's just list it the way it is. Because they know curb appeal is so important. So they're going to look at the things like the landscape. Uh, what is the trim on your house like? Is the paint up to date? Uh, what are the windows like? I mean, first impressions are really important. Then, to professionally stage the house, that means a lot. Especially to a person like me who doesn't have... I just don't have that uh, that eye for what it might look like design-wise if furniture in, or, is in here. I have to see the furniture in there. I have to see the product. Um, and the pictures that you take are hugely important when you're marketing your home. Because these are the things that are going to be put up on the internet. And if they're not spectacular looking, nobody will be interested in your house. They also know when to list it. They know what's happening currently in the market. What will it look like in six months? And how to price your home correctly when it's first listed to ensure a quick sale. All of these are critical. And these are the things that you'll find in the agents of realestateagentsitrust.com. Plus, they're fans of the show. So you have that in common with them as well. 1,200 of the top agents in America working to earn your trust. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Go there now. Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three and at Pat Unleashed on Twitter. Uh, Martian Flagellants tweets. A few years ago, I took my sons to see Roger Waters do the wall at the Coliseum in L.A. Great show, but his politics during intermission ruined the experience. Can imagine. Uh, Barnyard nineteen seventy eight. Jeffy said he would sue if he got hurt by them using it. Uh, by the police. If he got hurt by the police when. Uh, using it when he runs away from the police? Using what? That little that little uh, Spider-Man gizmo oh, that we that, showed the okay, video. Yeah. And it wraps around your legs. Wraps around your legs and you fall flat on your face. Uh-huh. My question is, Jeffy runs? <laughs> That's a great question. That's a great question. I don't... Yeah, there's a whole. I think the story. answer to that is no. So, yeah, there wouldn't be any... <clears throat> I mean, he could be walking away from a police officer, maybe. Yeah. And then be tripped by that thing, by that device. That Spider-Man device. Now that might that might trigger a tsunami warning somewhere too. Oh my if gosh! He falls yeah. down and like oh, yeah. in the earthquake, and then you got the ocean at least a nine on the Richter scale. Wow! Yellowstone might want to be careful mm-hmm. there because they've been having some problems. From Nick in Detroit, why does Keith have what could be interpreted as a pornographic doodle on his laptop, no. or is that some kind of Rorschach test? <laughs> It says more about how my juvenile mind works. Yeah, yeah. it cannot be interpreted as porn. <laughs> this is a motorcycle in Saudi Arabia with with a, the, a woman riding it in a burqa. See? Oh, and see, see you got to yeah. be careful because the little outfit, you know, if they right. don't hem it up far enough, it gets caught in the wheels or the pedal. And That's what you're trying to demonstrate. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. It's not porn. It's, okay. it's just a... Appreciate that. Thank you. 
Mm-hmm. That's great. Helpful illustration is what it is. All right. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Uh Bill in Kansas. You're on the blaze. Hi. Hey, how y'all doing today? Good. Um, on your Ruth Bader Ginsburg doll, mm-hmm. um, it, it, it's, it's all wrong. Uh, she needs to be sitting in a chair with her head slumped forward while the gentle sounds of Barack Obama at the State of the Union come wafting out of the, from underneath <laughs> while she's holding a South African flag. <laughs> yes, and sleeping gently there, peacefully. Yes. Uh, during the State of the Union address. Yeah. Uh, be a, a group, that'd be a perfect depiction of her. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Bill. Maybe she spent too much time reading and learning to love the South African Constitution and not enough time reading ours since she doesn't know what words are and aren't in ours. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, there was uh, this discussion about the South African Constitution. You should certainly be aided by all the mm-hmm. Constitution writing that has gone on. Yeah. Since the end of World War II. Yeah, a lot of it. Lot of it. Um, I would not look to the U.S. Constitution no, if I were not. drafting a Constitution <laughs> yeah, in the year please. 2012. Of course. Not I might please. look at the Constitution of South Africa. South that Africa. was a, a deliberate like such as. attempt to uh, have a fundamental instrument of government that embraced, embraced basic the- human rights. Yeah, a deliberate attempt to embrace basic human rights, mm-hmm. like stealing farmland from farmers yeah. and killing white people indiscriminately. And then you give their farms uh, to your black friends who don't farm. It's a basic fundamental human right right there. Thank you. Had an independent judiciary. It's- and an independent judiciary. <laughs> what a concept. I that's, a new, that's a new thing, right? That's a new thing that South Africa thought up. I wish we would have thought of that. If only. What would that be like if yeah. you had like an independent judiciary that wasn't run by Congress or the president? It was out on its own and you had, I don't know, three separate co-equal branches of government. What would that be like? <laughs> that's a pipe dream, man. That's a fairy tale, man. <laughs> uh, that's like a good-smelling black person to Joe Biden. Joe Biden. It just doesn't happen, man. That's a fairy tale, man. Uh, Scott in California, you're on the blaze. Hi. <laughs> Hello, brother, love Pat. Hey. Um. Yeah my uh, my best concert was uh, the Monsters of Rock Festival in Mannheim, Germany. In mm. uh. Uh, Warlock, Macaulay Shanker, Dawkins, Bon Jovi, Ozzy Osbourne, Def Leppard, and it headlined, finished the night off with the Scorpion. Wow. Uh, wow. Hang on one second, Scott. I want to dig into that a little bit further. Coming up here in a sec. Pat Gray, the Blaze Radio Network. Is here on the Blaze Radio Network. The word "woman" does not appear even once in the not, U.S. Constitution. Not once. Not Nor once. does the word "freedom." Your Honor. <laughs> yeah. 
Except it does. Oh. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. That's cool. And at Pat Unleashed on uh, Twitter. Uh, we were talking to Scott about the Monsters of Rock show in Mannheim, Germany. What year was this, Scott? 1986. 86. Okay, so the Scorpions were there? Uh, so the Scorpions were the Bon headliners. Jovi. Yeah, it was. Def Leppard. Uh, bon, Def Leppard. Ozzy Osbourne. Oof. Dawkin, did you say? Dawkin. Yeah, Dawkin was there. Uh, Macaulay Shanker and Warlock. And who, who was the best act there? In your in your uh, opinion, the Scorpions in Germany. Oh wow! Better really? Oh yeah, the the place came unglued when they started playing uh, 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 "Love at First Thing." It, it was huh. they, they 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 lost it. Wow! Did they, was that before or after "Rock You Like a Hurricane"? That that is "Rock You Like a Hurricane." Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. Um, and then and did they do uh, "Nobody Like You"? They did nobody like they they did uh, blackout nobody like you they did everything everything I don't even um, I don't even know the band Warlock uh, are they a European band they're a European band yeah um, the lead singer was a woman by the name of Doro Pesh they were did they're just one of those cheesy uh, '80s bands you know one of those gimmick bands oh um, uh, my I I've, I've seen the Who and Peter Frampton and Super Tramp and mm. um. Uh, but that that was just classic. It was an all day festival, and it was just insane. Sounds like it would be. Sounds like it'd be fun. Appreciate it. Thanks, Scott. Uh, Daniel in Florida, you're on the blaze. Hi. Hey, hold on a second. Let me get off this. Here we go. Hey, Pat, how's it going? Good. All right. So, best concert I've ever been to in my life, easily Blink One Eighty Two in two thousand and one. Huh. Okay. Wow. Okay. Let me let me paint you a picture. Okay. So mm-hmm. now ex wife at the time, uh, she. Had never been to a concert before in her life. So we made an agreement. I picked one, she picked one. I picked one, Blink 182, she picked the next day, Janet Jackson. So, <laughs> mine comes first. We go, we go there, okay? and uh, the opening act was, was a band called New Found Glory. They did a great job. As soon as they finished up with their finale, uh, it was crowd. And, you know, you do, at a concert, you usually expect there to be like 10 minutes to get the band set up. Mm-hmm. No. Like one minute later, the theme to 2001 a Space Odyssey starts going with coordinated lights. Just get everybody going. Runs for about two minutes. Then, without warning, the curtain just drops. There's, the, there's Blink-182 ready to go. The F-bomb and giant flaming letters above their head. And no introductions. They just immediately launch into melting faces. They start off with the biggest hit at the time, which I believe was um, what's my name again? Crowd goes nuts. I, and I have never seen as many women's undergarments get thrown on a stage as I did during that song at that show. It oh, was wow. incredible. I mean, they're up there. Tyra's <laughs> going off like it's a, like it's the grand finale of a Metallica concert. Bra, the panties are flying, the wind, are flying like leaves in the wind. There's a huge F-bomb flaming above their head because they give one and there it is. It just set the whole dome for the whole show. Oh, my goodness. So they literally were throwing their underwear up on stage. Oh, yes. yes wow. Very much. Wow. <laughs> okay. It was, uh, you know, I, and I'm, I've seen it at more than one uh, concert. Duran Duran was kind of funny. Somebody, a uh, lady threw her panties up on stage, and you know, singer just kind of gives a thick look as he barely touches them to, dro- to, knock, to, to drop them off his microphone because that's where it landed. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was an insult. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Thanks, Daniel. Appreciate it. 
that wouldn't be a pleasant thing, you know, if a pair of underwear that, I mean, especially you don't know the person and uh, where they've been. Uh, if it landed on your microphone that you're singing into, no, that's not pleasant. It makes for a nice visual, but mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to request a yes. sanitary microphone, Yeah, please. one of my roadies need to come over here and Can take care of this, please? some Clorox wipes mm-hmm. on this. Mm-hmm. All of that. Mm-hmm. A couple interesting things about Blink-182. Mm-hmm. They are, this year, eligible for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's happening. I, can you believe Blink-182 has been out for 25 years? That's amazing to me. That's amazing. So they'll probably make it before Foreigner does. Um, and then the other thing was Tom DeLong from yeah. Blink-182. So, yeah. Speculation is that he quit the band to yeah. in order to prove aliens exist. Yeah, we talked about this earlier this year. I think we did. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. That, that. That's where he's put all his money. In fact, he's, he runs Weird. a website... That provided all those uh, Air Force photos and you know communications of pilots. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that audio typically comes from a website that he runs, uh, and I can't find it off uh, this uh, at this moment. But I'm just saying that is his life's goal now. He has enjoyed the rock and roll scene, and now he is out to prove aliens exist. Uh, kind of a weird thing for him to do, um, but good luck doing that. It must be nice to just be so independently wealthy that you can just be like, oh you know my what? Gosh. Yeah, my new thing great. is, um, let's see, proving aliens are real. That's my thing now. That would be that would be nice. How would you spend your time if you were independently wealthy, Pat? Uh, I, doing this show is the answer. D- doing Every this show. Every day for an audience doing this show. that loves you. Right. You'll be and, doing but it just, just doing it for fun, for fun. Not because I have to, but because I love it. There you go. That's what I would be doing. There you go. Same thing. Every day. This same exact thing. Mm-hmm. Every day. Every day. You couldn't stop me from doing it. Mm-mm. So, yeah. And I'm with you. I know you are. I know you are, Keith. I mean, if I had just untold millions, mm-hmm. still be You'd still right be here. right here. Every day. Right here. We, we win the lottery next week. Mm-hmm. You know, get like a cash payout. Of- yeah, I'm here. 200 million a piece mm-hmm. next day we're sitting right in these same chairs well yeah the next Doesn't day matter. we're sitting right here in these chairs until the first payment gets delivered <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> but the next day absolutely but the next day i mean right here gotta play it smart right here triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. uh this is kind of fun from the fbi a little warning the banks have been warned of an imminent threat that their cash machines could be mass hacked by cyber criminals. Oh, good. Oh, it sounds like I'm about to be independently wealthy after all. Mm-hmm. Hmm. <laughs> In a confidential alert, America's Federal Bureau of Investigation told international banks that criminals are plotting a concerted global malware attack on cash machines in the next few days. The FBI issued a warning about a highly choreographed fraud scheme known as an ATM jackpotting in which crooks hack a bank or payment card processor and use cloned cards at cash machines around the world to take out millions in just a few minutes. Wow. Wow. That's going to be a problem. Yeah, it is. Hmm. There's so many of these scams going around and they're getting more and more sophisticated and they're, if they get a hold of you live, they're better now at scaring the crap out of you. Um, one of those scams got a hold of uh, a family member last week, 
and told them that um, they were in danger of losing their house because they were seven years in uh, arrears with the IRS and that they could lose their house. And uh, so they, they will call you and make these threatening statements to you. And it's all a scam. And it winds up in you going to Walmart or whatever, wherever and, and getting the, you know, the, the cash card and sending it to them. Wow. And I don't know how they can continually get away with it without being shut down. I, this seems like it would be the easiest thing in the world to stop. This kind of fraud, this kind of scam, this deception to, uh, of the American people. How does that continue? That and the facial cream thing are two of the biggest mysteries in the world to me right now. How do both of these those scams continue for all this time? Yeah. And we know damn good and well they're scams. Well, Jeffy is fat tweets out that he heard that Tom DeLonge is actually selling facial cream now. Because he gave up on the alien thing, too. <laughs> anyway, just had to throw that in there. It happens. Who was it the other day that was in facial cream? Oh, it was cream? the lady from was, uh, the Good Morning America. Oh, yeah. Okay. What's her name? And before that, of course, it was Joanna Gaines, yeah. Michael Jordan. How are we not on the facial cream train yet when we talk about it all the it's time? It's so lucrative. It's so lucrative. Mm. And you just start doing them both. And then eventually, you're going to quit whatever job it was you started with and get into the facial cream business because it, it, there's just too much money in it. you know. And then you'll get a call like this. And, and just so that others can not be pulled into this, again, when they, when they call in this broken English thing, it's easy when the when the recorded message happens. It's a little bit tougher when some of them get on the phone because they're a little bit better at it. And they're really aggressive. And they get nasty with you. They get right in your face and act as though they're with the IRS, the investigative div- division of the IRS. But it often starts out with this phone call. And once it gets expired after that, you will be taken under custody by the local police. Okay. Now, right there should be a pretty good tip-off that this is a scam. I'm going to be taken under custody by the local police. In your <laughs> local area. <laughs> and I'm taken under custody? Yeah. Okay, if you, can't, if you can't get the words right, if you can't get the English and the conjunctions right, then there's a really good chance this isn't real. As there are four serious allegations pressed on your name at this moment. Four serious allegations pressed on your name. Pressed. At this moment. Pressed on my name. Do they not hmm. have a, a, a proofreader or some, some translator know, in right? Russia that they run this through? And yet it still works. How is that possible? We would request you to get back to us so that we can discuss about this case. They would request that we get back to them so that they can discuss about the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. This has been nothing but problematic from the start, and still people are falling for it. Yeah. Before taking any legal <clears throat> action against you. Mm-hmm. The number to reach us is, is 518-615-7980. I repeat, we blew repeat. 518-615-7980. Is that number dead now, I Thank hope? you. I, I think so. I, I hope think, we killed uh, I said don't call dot M-E took care of that for us because uh, I did okay. submit that. Good. But, I mean, look, obviously the Russian to American doesn't translate well. And next no. thing you know, we're going to have secretaries of state going over to Russia and... Getting our own translations wrong, too. Yeah, and then they could be taken under custody as well with allegations pressed on their names. And uh, you know what happens then. 
Mm. Or you don't. You got it wrong. Whatever the case may be. Uh, (laughs) Sorry. 888-900-3393. And at Pat Unleashed on Twitter. More Pat, Pat Gray Unleashed coming up. This is Pat Gray. The Blaze Radio Network. Gray returns on the Blaze Radio Network. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three, and at Pat Unleashed on Twitter. Uh, Tom tweets: Keith's new bumper sticker. It's not porn. It's motorcycle safety. It's motorcycle safety. That's uh-huh. all I'm drawing. I don't know what people are seeing mm-hmm. on Twitter right now. Dmitry Levitsky, misogynist doodle for the win, and struggling Lumbi. Mm. Thank you, Keith, for that perfect like such as placement. Uh, mm. South African Constitution thing. Yeah, yeah. Is that yeah. What that yeah. Was? I don't know. You can't hear certain words anymore when you hear certain words in life and you just... And then you're triggered. I swear, every time. Everything like such as. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot of those. I think a lot of them have to do with Al Gore, too. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. All right. You know, I've had this story for days and have not gotten around to it. And it's uh, it's a hard one. It's about the off-duty... A uniformed officer who was working at a Kroger store in Cincinnati, and he used his taser on an unarmed 11-year-old girl who was suspected of stealing food from the store. Now, nobody really knows what kind of threat the 4'11", 90-pound, 11-year-old girl posed to the officer uh, to justify the tasing of her. Uh, Vice Mayor Christopher Smitherman says there needs to be a complete investigation. It's hard to understand why an 11-year-old girl would be tased. I expect answers in 24 hours. Now, this was several days ago, so I don't know if he got the answers he needs yet. The girl allegedly ignored the officer's commands and walked away from him when he tried to stop her after she left the store. She didn't use force against the officer. She didn't touch him. Um, she apparently didn't do anything to him, just walked away from him. And he pulled out his taser and tased her. Uh, Departmental policies allow officers to use a taser on anyone 7 to 70. But uh, the vice mayor said he plans on proposing a change that would make uh, the the lower age limit 12 rather than 7. We then have a policy that says, if you're seven, I can tase you with 50,000 volts. That, to me, doesn't match our brand. Also, the procedure manual states that the taser is to be used for self-defense or to control subjects who are actively resisting arrest. So if she's walking away from the officer, is that actively resisting? I don't know, according to their policy. I don't know. An individual simply fleeing from an officer... Absent uh, additional justification does not warrant the use of taser, according to the department's procedural manual. The taser may be deployed on a suspect actively resisting arrest when there is probable cause to arrest the subject. Uh, So they're reviewing, uh, looking into this. The mom is disappointed in the system. She feels hurt. Said her daughter admitted taking the snacks 
but the police should have handled the situation differently. Hmm. She said, if you can't run, then you need to get off the police force. If you can't handle an 11-year-old child, then you really need to get off the police force. Need that Spider-Man tool we had earlier. Mm-hmm. Wrap around the legs. I bet they'd complain about that, though, too. Oh. On an 11-year-old, don't you think? I, I think they would. Yeah. And the mother, in this case, may also complain if the officer ran up and grabbed her by the arm and held her. I, I don't know. It's hard to say who's in the right here because... So, yeah. A safety tip is don't steal. Yes. Yes. If this was my kid and they were stealing from the store, I'm not sure I'm attacking the police officer that tased my my kid. I, I don't know. 11 years old, a girl, should know better. Um, stealing stuff is not good. A good hard tasing is going to teach her a lesson. <laughs> don't tase me, bro. <laughs> don't. Yeah. Well, yeah. You're not gonna get we haven't heard from that guy again, have we? Yeah, right. <sighs> but the mom says she should never have been tased. I don't understand why he did that. Um, she showed where her daughter's back was shocked by the taser. Uh, and there was a little mark there. It didn't look, you know, tragic to me. But tasing an 11-year-old girl who posed no danger to the police is wrong, uh, according to uh the reporters in the area. I'm sorry for the harm to her and her family this evening. I called and asked Prosecutor Dieters to drop... Oh, they dropped charges against the girl. That's right. I'm happy to report that he did, and I thank him for doing so. So that's amazing. Hmm. So the mom just had to complain, uh, and the girl was tased, but she got away with whatever it was she did. I don't know if she gave back whatever she stole. Yeah, she probably dropped it right where she fell. But still, charges dropped against her. Because she was tased. I don't know that that's the way to go either. Interesting. Um, race doesn't appear to have been a factor, though, in this one. Because the girl and the officer were both black. Thank heaven for that! Right. Oh, my gosh. That's always saving grace. Oh, can you imagine? Oh, please be black. Had please this be been be a white officer and a black girl, oh, the humanity. Then this would have been this would have blown up into a national story, and that's all people would be talking about right now. But because they were both black, we're spared from that nightmare. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, we would have had a whole different angle oh, of the story man. to discuss. There's no doubt about if, that. Uh, it'd been the other way. Oof. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Also, this is starting to make me a little bit nervous. Yellowstone National Park has been struck by a shocking hundred and fifty three earthquakes. Just during uh, last month, during the month of July, wow. 153 earthquakes. So it's sparking fears that the big one um, could be due at any time. And as you've no doubt heard by now, the Yellowstone is a super volcano. And when that goes off, it envelops, I don't know, two-thirds of the country, right? Covers See two-thirds it while of the country. you can, I think is the uh, public yeah. service announcement. University of Utah seismograph station which is responsible for the operation and analysis of the Yellowstone Seismic Network, revealed 153 earthquakes hit the region in July. Uh, The largest quake had a magnitude... Well, okay, it had a magnitude of 2.5. Now, do you remember when Irving was getting all kinds of quakes? How many do we have? We had not 153. It wasn't 100, but it was a lot. We were getting hit like every day for a while. 
and maybe a couple of times a day. Mm -hmm. And the strongest one we had was 3.7. And one of them that rumbled through this building at like 4 in the morning, I I was here and felt the whole building shaking. thought, whoa, okay, wow, that's a... It's a good day. Yeah. I could see where this would be a little scary if that was considerably stronger. Um. A larger sequence of 77 earthquakes occurred 14 miles south-southwest of Mammoth in Wyoming during the same time period. Um, So there's just a lot of earthquakes going off right now. And you know why that is? Fracking. Are they fracking in Yellowstone again? Yeah. Fracking and global warming. That's why. Fracking and global warming. They're going to bring down the whole planet. That doesn't feel right. The planet's just going to implode. It's just going to implode any minute. So you might as well just get used to it. Might as well kiss your family goodbye. Like, so... <laughs> I mean, like, right now? Yes. Are we yes. done? Yes. I mean, if you're to listen to the alarmists and hmm. uh, the global warming zealots, um, yes, just kiss them goodbye right now, just in case, because it's probably going to happen. But they're across town. <laughs> I mean, Go there now. Go there now. All right. Uh... <laughs> China has, uh, speaking of fracking, is removing U.S. crude from the trade war tariffs amid oil their oil supply uncertainty. Less than two months after threatening to impl- impose levies on imports of U.S. crude, the world's biggest oil buyer, China, has now spared the commodity. Only fuels like diesel, gas, propane will be hit with duties on August 23rd, according to China's Commerce Ministry. Their original plan was to target U.S. crude, and uh, that turned out to be an opportune time for the country's uh, crude oil buyers. They decided they can't afford it. <laughs> this is pretty great. This is actually pretty good. That's funny. U.S. Has been, has been and will remain the main source of incremental crude production globally. Wow. With several new refineries starting up over the next couple of years, China would thus be wary of taking decisions <laughs> that could end up severely hurting its domestic refining industry. Wow. U.S. crude exports to China have risen to 15, mer- 15 million barrels in June, highest volume uh, going back to 1986. That made the Asian country the biggest buyer of American supply. Wow. So if that's the case, you know, maybe, maybe Trump is... Uh, Maybe his strategy is working. All right, I guess, but this game of chicken is scary. We'll see. I, it is. <laughs> it is. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Use that number tomorrow. We'll see you again then on Pack Ray Unleashed. Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network.